B-Pod Studios. 97.5 The Fanatic. Andrew Salchunas. 97.5 The Fanatic and 97.5thefanatic.com. And a good football Friday morning, Philadelphia. I'm Andrew Salchunas. It's the midday show right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Still got to wait till freaking Monday. But we finally reached football Friday of Super Wild Card Weekend. We got all kinds of great football starting tomorrow. I can't wait. Uh, I'm excited to watch tomorrow and Sunday stress-free. And then we wait till Monday night at 8 o'clock to really hunker down and, and get into a football game. A football game in which the Eagles should win. The best show ever does the word of the day. The word of the week for us has been should or can or could. No wills, right? But should, could, or can, those have been the words of the day, words of the week, excuse me, here on the Midday Show. So yesterday was amazing to me. Because it's one of those things where you didn't really think about it in real time. I know other people did, and and credit to you for doing it. But I never wanted the starters to ever go out in the game against the Giants, right? I never wanted them to even play. And when Jalen Hurts dislocates his finger, and it's clear as day, we all saw it. People were doing the screen grabs immediately. The the finger looked terrible. It looked like Brian Baldinger's pinky, right? Like, it was awful. And then he goes back into the game. Now, something I haven't really been thinking about much is how it could still be bothering him Monday night, and we, you know, we joke around, well, maybe that's best for the team so they can run the football more, but let's face it, he's going to have to make some throws come playoff time, right? And so he's got this mangled pinky, or excuse me, middle finger, on his throwing hand. There was the footage of him yesterday uh, with the glove on his hand, so he might go with the glove route. Oh, by the way, it's supposed to be raining all day Monday night. Awesome. Just another day in which we get to watch the Eagles play through rain and more terrible conditions. And so I'm sure not having a fully healthy finger on your throwing hand uh, may play a bit of a factor also in the rain. But I want to play you two clips pretty early on in the show today because we actually have a quite a bit of sound to play in the first segment because I just saw something moments before the show started that is astonishing to me, and it's something... That should really perk your ears. And it is something that should keep Nick Sirianni on his toes. But we'll get to that later on this segment. What I want to start off with is the finger issue. So take a listen to Nick Sirianni yesterday during his press conference. He's so proud of Jalen Hurts and him going back out in that football game. I know that he's he's tough and he'll do everything he can do to to play through it. You know, he went back in the game on Sunday uh, after he had done it, and so I imagine it hurt pretty pretty good. You know, he's he's not going to tell me that though. I know that's you know Jalen's tough, and he's not going to tell me how bad he's hurting or, or. But you know, I just know how tough he is and how how much he can fight through and how much pain he can withstand, and so. You know, obviously it'll be a challenge, right? Obviously it'll be a challenge, and and I know that he can overcome um, because he's overcame so many things, you know, different things throughout uh, his football journey, and that's what makes him special. All right, you hear him smiling. You can hear him smiling in that middle of that clip, man. Jalen's tough, man. He's not, you know, he's not going to tell me how bad he's hurting. I don't freaking care, dude. You're the head coach. You are the head coach of a football team 
that has a half a football left before the playoffs. A team that has been spiraling downhill five out of the last six weeks with losses, and even the one win wasn't good. You need to go into the playoffs as healthy as possible. You need to go into the playoffs with anything that you can grab onto to feel good about going into the playoffs. And you allow your quarterback to go back out into a meaningless football game. I know there was meaning to it. They saw the chance of the division. They were playing like crap. And you let him go back out in that football game with a dislocated finger on his throwing hand. Throwing hand. You already lost Cindy Brown. You already lost A.J. Brown, who, by the way, did not practice yesterday. And you're going to have your quarterback go out there with a dislocated finger, go back out there in a game in which, let me remind you, you couldn't stop a freaking blitz to save your life. Not only your offensive line couldn't, but you couldn't scheme up anything. Jalen Hurts was under duress nonstop. That's why he had his finger dislocated. And yet you let him go back out there, and you're just proud of him because how tough he is. Come on, dude. Sometimes you just got to be smarter than that. You know, yesterday during the press conference, yeah, I mean, you know, when when me and Jalen talk, we talk about football because we love football. Sometimes you got to get the football guy out of your head. Sometimes you just got to be smart. So that was Nick Sirianni talking about the dislocated finger. Jalen Hurts spoke to the media yesterday as well. And of course, he was asked about it. Have you attempted to try and throw? I have not. I have not. Um, obviously, uh, leaving that game um, and attempting to go back in that game probably wasn't physically the best idea. Not having much control over the things that I wanted to do. But um, time time will tell with that, and I can assure you everything's progressing in the right way. All right. I don't blame Hurts as much. You, we've all played sports before. You've gotten banged up. You didn't want to come out of a game, right? I give Jalen Hurts, I guess, credit for playing in a game that had no hope and wanted to fight through it. Now, I would like to say that he should be smarter as well. But you know what? The dude's a gamer. We all respect that. He takes a lot of pride in his work. But you know what? Sometimes it doesn't have to be his decision about going back out in the game or not. Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the freaking football team, who's glowing about how tough Jalen Hurts is. Yeah, That's awesome how tough he is. That game at one point was dead and it meant nothing. And you let him go back out into the football game. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. His finger would still be bothering him today, right? It would still probably be sore. He dislocated his finger. But I don't know. Could it have been less sore had he not thrown the football after dislocating a finger? Or falling, maybe bracing his fall? I don't know. Why would you put him back out there in that situation? And so now this leads to the next clip that came out right before the show started. So Jeff McClain joins us every single Tuesday. He was on Wednesday this week because of uh, the practice schedule just kind of changed things up. Jeff McClain joins us every single Tuesday. He does a tremendous job covering the Eagles on the inquireinquire.com, despite what a lot of people think that he hates the team. He's just covering the team, and he does one of the best jobs of it in the city. One of my other favorites is Tim McManus, and Tim will join us coming up at 1230 today. Well, Jeff McClain also has his podcast, Uncovering the Birds, which I think is tremendous. During the offseason, it was great. He spoke with a lot of players from the Super Bowl team back in the 2017-18 season, guys that, were st- that are still here on the roster, 
right, with Lane Johnson and, and Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, but he also spoke with some of the Eagles that are no longer here, no longer in the league. And it was great. Now, it's a inside look on the team day to day because he is a beat reporter. He is there almost every single day. He's traveling, following the team around. So I asked him earlier this week about just the potential of Sirianni being fired, right? Because if you guys have been listening to the show, I'm not calling for Sirianni to be fired, but I'm starting to raise my eyebrows a little bit more like when you're crediting Jalen Hurts' toughness but not really thinking about whether it's not smart or not to put him back out there. That's kind of dumb, honestly. Well, Jeffrey Lurie, according to Jeff McClain, is getting a little bit more involved in an area of the team that I'm not sure many people will like to hear, but it's not the first time he's done it. Take a listen to this clip. It's a little under a minute from Jeff McClain's podcast. One of the main questions about the Eagles these days, inside and outside the Novacare complex, has suddenly become whether or not Nick Sirianni will survive his team's end of the regular season collapse and whether Monday night's game at Tampa will be a referendum on Sirianni and his ability to lead the football team. We're recording this episode two days after the Eagles' deflating loss to the Giants in the season finale. Inside Novacare, Sirianni, his staff, the players, Jeffrey Lurie, and management are all focused on one thing, beating the Buccaneers. But this is what I've been hearing the last few weeks as the Eagles' slide got worse. Lurie is taking a more active interest in football operations. What that means for Nick Sirianni's future is still too early to tell. Lurie is an involved owner, but he's typically more of the asking questions type than the meddling kind. But when he sees fit, he will assert his authority. So now all of a sudden, Jeffrey Lurie's a part of football ops? Is he part of gameplay? Like, I, we don't know what that is. is. Is he calling plays? Obviously not. He's not on the field. But he's a little bit more involved. Clearly, Jeffrey Lurie's not happy with what's going on. A lot of people have made the point, and it's not something that I really care about. Um, like, I want a home game in the playoffs because I think home field advantage is real. A lot of people have made the point of, well, Jeffrey Lurie probably also wants a home game because it's a lot of extra revenue. Playoff revenue is no joke. And he lost that. And he lost that because of a historic collapse, losing five of your last six games, starting the season 10-1 and one and finishing 11-6. and six. And now all of a sudden, Jeffrey Lurie is getting more involved. If that doesn't raise your eyebrows, pique your interest or your ears or whatever, that Nick Sirianni's job isn't necessarily all that safe anymore, I don't know what else will unless somebody straight up reports it. Jeff McClain follows his team inside and out. He asks specific questions for a purpose to write stories. You know, the one yesterday with Nick Sirianni about how often he meets with Jalen Hurts and Sirianni gave the weird answer of like, yeah, you know, I, I see him on our way to lunch. It's the second lunch reference this week by Nick Sirianni. McLean's working on something, clearly. And he's telling us that all of a sudden, Jeffrey Lurie, an active owner, is now more active in football operations. I'm not saying I like it or not with Lurie. More so not. I don't really need him game planning. But it tells you that all of a sudden he feels the need to get involved. 
And that's scary for the future of Sirianni, which means it's probably scary Monday night. We'll talk more about it. I would love to hear from you. 610-632-0975. Get Ray's thoughts coming up next. Sirianni allowing Hurts to go back into the game with the dislocated finger and just crediting how tough he is. Like, yo, dude, come on, man. And now Lori getting more involved. Also on the other side, I have a quote that I need to read to you, something that's been bothering me all season long. And then I have a clip to play from you about somebody who covers this league as an analyst about this Eagles offense, which is something that we all agree with, and it's something that's been bothering us all year long. I'll play those coming up next, and also I'll explain to you what we're doing today at 11 o'clock. Special show for an hour right here, 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. 97.5 The Fanatic. It's 10-20 on this Football Friday. Football Fridays on the Fanatic, presented by Pumpman Philly. For 24-7 emergency repair or pump replacement, count on Pumpman Philly, the guys that know to fix your flow. And our 10 o'clock hour brought to us by Window Nation. Take advantage of Window Nation's 50% off sale on all-style windows, plus make no down payment with no payments and no interest for 12 full months. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Andrew Salchun, it's the midday show here on the Fanatic. Coming up at 11 o'clock for the entire hour. We're branding it the Talk Stars. It will be myself with John Kincaid and Bob Cooney from the John Kincaid Show and Tyrone Johnson and Ricky Patalico from the best show ever. And it will be a little bit of a roundtable, a roundtable going into the wild card round against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we'll do that for the entire 11 o'clock hour. If you missed it on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, we actually recorded it uh, before the holidays, and, and you heard it run. It was like a three-hour special on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. So this one's going to be live only for the hour because John and Bob got to go home at some point, and, and Tyrone and Ricky got to get ready for their show at 2 o'clock. But uh, I'm glad that we're doing this. I can't wait to hear all their thoughts and bounce around the room, have some fun, and, and have some good football conversation uh, talking about this upcoming Eagles game on Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, of course, we'll also talk about everything else that's been going on with the Eagles, like Nick Sirianni allowing Jalen Hurts to go back out into a game with a dislocated finger, but just being so proud of him and about how tough he is and smiling through. You can hear him smiling through the clip. And now from Jeff McClain and his podcast, we played it in the first segment. Jeffrey Lurie is becoming a little bit more involved in player operations, football operations, excuse me. There's two other things I'll get to later on this segment, but Ray, good morning. How are you today? Uh, a little perturbed, I'll say. Yeah, um, your thoughts, well, we'll put the Sirianni stuff to the side right now because this Jeffrey Lurie thing is major news because it shows that he's clearly not happy, which can you blame him? I no. think we should all celebrate the fact that he's not happy and he wants more out of the franchise that he owns. 
But the fact that he is now all of a sudden recently getting more involved tells you uh, maybe not everybody's safe. No, I would tell you that that certainly tells you that not everybody's safe. Uh, His increased interest in football operations clearly thinks that there's a part of his organization that's not running optimally. And I think we see that on the field, but I think he's having the the reaction of let me grab tire. Let me try and fix the, you know, the, I can fix it guy here. Let me see what, what I know, how I can put. And no matter how long you have owned a football team, I would prefer the employees in which you have that are designated to do football tasks doing the football task. But I will say you that I tell you that when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was a collective effort of Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie was very involved at that point. And it did get to the point where it was a detriment because that's when everything kind of blew up, but they did win a Super Bowl. And then they kind of took a step back. I mean, Lurie was still involved, but not like this. Um, and you let Sirianni kind of handle his business, even though we still believe that they made some decisions like, promoting Matt Patricia to defensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago. So when did his football operations involvement begin? Right. And that's a big question. And, you know, is he part of the downfall of the Eagles regular season? Or has it been more recently, like the last couple of weeks where he's going in and this might not just be game planning. Maybe he's just sitting in meeting rooms and seeing how Nick Sirianni operates, seeing how the players listen. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie is a smart businessman, right? He could probably read body language inside a, inside a meeting room. He may pull players aside, for all I know. Hey, what, you know, what's going on? You go back to, uh, who was it? Uh, D'Amico Ryans was not afraid. Not D'Amico Ryans, I'm sorry. Uh, DeMarco Murray was not afraid to talk to Jeffrey Lurie. Jason Peters was not afraid to talk to Jeffrey Lurie. There was one report that Carson Wentz had a direct line to Lori whenever he wanted to talk to him about maybe some other issues with the team, like the head coach at the time and Doug Peterson. I wonder if we're starting to see that happen again. And if that's true, then Nick Sirianni might really be coaching for his job Monday night. Well, yeah, if it's it's noticeable and notable that he is making a concerted effort to be around the football team, he is asking the questions at the very least that we all are as well. Like that, that to me just screams, okay, that there is a conversation happening. You can't say that this is a conversation outside of NovaCare complex at this point. This right. conversation has made its way inside those walls. And those are questions that are being posed, whether or not he's going to act on it. He's at least posing the question. He's at least asked the question, which in fairness, while I am you know concerned about, I, I don't like, grabbing the reins like there's a fine line for ownership in your involvement you should be involved enough right like we see jerry jones extremely involved and what has that led to the cowboys over the last 30 years you know nothing yeah you should be extremely involved enough to care for the product and make sure the product is good but you should not be involved to the point in which you are actually impacting the product like I, i want you to be now look i don't think again i don't think he's calling plays but we know that Jeffrey Lurie is very big on analytics. I mean, they, they all of a sudden went balls to the wall into the analytics department. We had a caller a couple of days ago who was a Cowboys yesterday. He was mm-hmm. a Cowboys fan and doesn't blame Nick Sirianni because he thinks there's too much analytics involved with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, plays like the wide receiver screen might be the safest route because you're not expecting, you know, an interception to happen, and then you're hoping that once you get the ball in the, your playmaker's hands and you have blockers in front. Like, analytics is a big part of 
the Eagles has a big part of the NFL, but you know, maybe he's pushing some more stuff. I don't know. I mean that we're, we're basically reacting to a 50 second clip where Jeff McClain kind of pointed something out really just comes down to not about the play. Like if the Eagles win or lose on Monday, I don't think it has anything to do with Jeffrey Lurie and his, his game planning. Right. Yeah, but if there's a, lo- a game but if, planning meeting. No, but if there's a loss on Monday and the fact that he's now all of a sudden been more involved than he normally has been because he's not been happy with the product of the team that he owns, that could mean some bad things for Nick Sirianni. That's well, basically what I'm getting out of all this. Yeah, and B. Gunn just sent me a text and I didn't get to the entire uh, crux of it. He's mentioning defensive players talking about the decision to move from Desai. Yeah. If you remember, I think we... Uh, Hassan Reddick was talking about higher ups making decisions. Fletcher yep. Cox mentioned employee ninety one. He called himself employee ninety one. You yeah. know, basically, hey, we're we're gonna figure this. We're gonna work this one out. And you know, we we've made and I bring it up all the time. So I'm guilty of this. But the Brandon Graham conversation about you know media to motive, media driven, yeah, which would be you know for an organization we're talking about things seeping in. Oh, you know, hey, is is the conversation outside the Novacare complex getting inside there? and starting to impact people who might be looking at this in a more emotional, more business transactional, maybe. you know, maybe like different reasons outside of just football. Because again, no one's saying that Desai was, was winning assistant coach of the year. No, before nobody the, was saying that. Before the change. It's just clear that the defense has gotten worse under Matt Patricia. And that change was a poor decision. Nick Sirianni said it was his choice. Whether or not you believe him no. is whether or not you pay attention to the history bl- of this organization. For, I don't believe him for a second. I mean, when we talk about it, we kind of, when we have conversations there, sometimes we go off of his word. Like when Sirianni was ta- talks about it starts with me, and then you start looking at the downfall, and he says he made the decision to promote Matt Patricia. Well, if that is true, then his seat is even warmer than we probably think because the defense has gotten worse since Matt Patricia's taken over or he was just saying yes to Howie because Howie goes, I'm GM. Like I, it's my say we hired him for a reason. This was all part of the plan. Nick, remember that. Remember when we brought him in, there was always that shot that if the side doesn't work out, we have Matt here, which is what I still firmly believe. Oh yeah. And speaking of Jeff McClain mentioned it yesterday, the, the podcast episode talk about how he was was the one that was friends with Matt Patricia. Yeah, he yeah. suggested him to Nick Sirianni, but I, I imagine that was not a light suggestion. That no. was a hey, here's someone for us. You know, going back to all this, you mentioned things we take at face value. I think the the greatest one that Sirianni is going to come to regret of all the the things that he said, whether they're true or not, at the podium is the accountability he took on the offense of saying this is my this offense, is my this offense, is my offense. So not not letting Brian Johnson get any blame. Now, speaking of Sirianni, he sounded so giddy during that clip. Play it one more time for me. Here was Nick Sirianni being asked about Jalen Hurts going back out into the game with a dislocated finger. I know that he's he's tough and he'll do everything he can do to to play through it. You know, he went back in the game on Sunday uh, after he had done it, and so I imagine it hurt pretty pretty good. You know, he's he's not going to tell me that though. I know that's you know Jalen's tough and he's not going to tell me how bad he's hurting or. or just, but you just know, stop it there. Just I stop just, it there, man. Jalen's tough. You can hear him like giggling. Dude, you're the head coach, man. If you think Jalen Hurts should not go back into the game or if somebody part of the training staff said, hey, yeah, we popped it back in, he's good to go, 
maybe you're supposed to have the, the forward thinking of, yeah, we're not winning this game. And it was already a part of my plan in which he admitted during the postgame show or during the postgame press conference on Sunday that he was going to be scoreboard watching and would probably take guys out of the game if it got out of hand in Dallas or if it got out of hand in New York. He admitted that. And yet he allows his franchise quarterback, his $250 million quarterback, to go back out into a game with a dislocated finger. How can we be okay with this? Now, there's two other things that are bothering me today. Shocker. Stuff with the Eagles that are bothering me. Yesterday, Darius Slay spoke at his locker. I will once again say, I was probably one of few people on an island still defending the play of Darius Slay. The play. Last year, he had a tremendous season. It's not. It's all right. Last year, he had a tremendous season. In the Super Bowl, not so much. Okay. That sucks. It's unfortunate. He wasn't cooked because he played poorly in the Super Bowl. I was excited that they were able to rework his contract and bring him back to go hand-in-hand with James Bradbury. Darius Slay, for the most part this year, has actually had a pretty good season. Better than Bradbury's. Darius Slay, when he's been on the field, has been actually one of your better defenders. But it's not just about play with him that's bothering me. What's bothering me is how he has handled himself as a captain this year. And we keep on talking about leadership. Fletcher Cox, before the Seattle game, said that we'll see what this team is made of. We'll see what these captains are made of, the elite players, the veterans. Darius Slay, after a game against the San Francisco 49ers, in which the Niners scored six straight touchdowns, was called out by Seth Joyner. Well, not him specifically, but the team was called out by Seth Joyner about guys not wanting to tackle, maybe being too afraid to tackle. If you look back at that game, they did not tackle well. Debo Samuel would catch the ball and run 100 yards. And Darius Slay on his podcast felt the need to go out there and attack Seth Joyner and say stuff to the degree of, well, I led the team in tackles. Okay. I, I, I don't really care. That you led the team in tackles in a game in which your team, your defense, your team, right? You're a part of a team, allowed six straight touchdown drives. The following week against the Dallas Cowboys, he's talking about how I played well. Now, the rest of the team didn't play well. Forget his exact term. Play, play for ass. I forget what he said. I know he cussed. Worth a worth worth an ass worth a, no worth an s worth an s oh okay he played a damn near perfect game but he played a damn near perfect game but the rest of the team and the way he said it was like but I'll be honest the rest of the team dude you're you're supposed to be a captain a leader you might be correct but why would you put that out there if I'm one of your teammates I'm looking at you a certain way. Going, really, dude? You're going to put us on blast like that? You're going to go walking around your high horse about how you played well and the rest of us didn't play well? 
It's a team game. And then yesterday, he has to take the shot at the fans. Quote, it might be good, a good thing to be on the road. They get to booing fast in Philly. Don't need the booze. Now, he's not necessarily wrong. Remember, Chris Long said on his podcast earlier this week that maybe it is the best thing for the Eagles to be on the road. But, like, we haven't heard from you for four or five weeks. And you're going to just come out and right away say to the media that it's a good thing that you're on the road because we boo fast in Philadelphia and you don't need to hear the boos. The reason why the team, the fans are booing is because you've lost five of your last six weeks. The team has looked like crap over the last six weeks. That, that's why the fans are booing. Like, why, why the need to take the shot at the, at, the, at the fans? And here's the thing. I'm pretty sure, like, 90% of Philadelphia Eagles fans had his back when that jerk-off was outside of NovaCare with the trash cans. I think a couple people chuckled at it. The rest of us thought that it was totally out of line to have a fire to sigh sign and James Bradbury and Darius Slay's names on a trash can. I really hope that that one jerk off didn't poison his brain that, you know, Philadelphia's this terrible place. I can already see it happening. When Darius Slay is no longer on the Eagles, there will be a shot at Philadelphia fans on his podcast. He'll, he'll do the whole, you know, I love my Philly fans, but, and then he'll do the shot. I don't need this going into a playoff game, dude. I'm happy that he's back. The defense probably also has struggled because he's not been there. I just, I, you know, I don't need the constant chirping out of Darius Slay that I think has been counterproductive over the last four or five weeks. Lastly, and Ray, I'll get your reaction on all this stuff. Another thing that's been bothering all of us all season long has been the offense. Predictability, boring, Madden, high school, whatever you want to call it. We have all had an opinion on the Eagles offense because you see the players. You know that meme of the uh, the really fancy sports car under the, you know, like the tin garage? That's the Eagles personnel under the Eagles offensive game plan of Sirianni and the play calling of Brian Johnson, right? A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, Dallas Goddard, offensive line, Jalen Hurts, runner-up for MVP. And yet it's the same couple of plays over and over again that don't seem to be effective. Here's Baldy, Brian Baldinger. He was on the Part of My Take podcast. That's with the big cat, right? And they got to talking about the Eagles' offense. Take a listen. I feel like if I was playing defense against the Eagles, that I would just be calling their plays out. Like, there's, like honestly, I, I, I know guys at the bar in South Philly that are calling the same plays out. Like, they're just very predictable. That's one. And then, like, look, they played Wink Martindale last week against the Giants. All Wink does is pressure you. Like, he was pressuring Aaron Rodgers in preseason when the Jets, you know, played the Giants. So, and they acted like they weren't prepared for it because they had no, like, when they came after him, Isaiah Simmons coming free, like, they had no answer. Like, what's your answer? What should Jalen Hurts do if they've got a free hitter coming at him? Is there a hot read? Is there a sight adjust? Is somebody cutting the route off? Like, their answer is Jalen getting out of the pocket and scrambling and running. I always love saying the line. A lot of people love saying the line. I'm just a nitwit on the radio. And I pointed that out. I pointed out the 
lack of protection against a blitz for for an entire half in a game that really didn't matter. A game in which some of your stars were sitting, in which stars were getting hurt. Jalen Hurts, you let go back into the game with a dislocated finger. And there was no no answer to the blitz. None. And this isn't the first time it's happened. Dan Orlovsky has pointed it out a couple of times on ESPN. Just the lack of ability to attack a blitz or protection of Jalen Hurts. Now, who is that? Could be Nick Sirianni in the game plan for some reason not expecting Wink Martindale to blitz. But it also goes back to Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, you have to be in the ear of Jalen Hurts. Quarterback coach, you have to be in the ear of Jalen Hurts. If there is blitzes coming your way, use your checkdowns. Find, you know, they talked about the, you know, the hot read, the hot route. How, how is this something that has not been figured out through 17 games? Sirianni complains, you know, has talked about the lack of communication. How do you have miscommunication through 17 games, man? The Eagles should win on Monday. My God, every day there's something new that is adding to my annoyance with this team. Ray, your thoughts on Darius Slay? Yeah, man, we don't need we don't need the fan shot here. Like, uh, I'm not going to get overly emotional. Is that why you've lost five of your last six games? Is it because of the fans? Is that what we're doing here? No, but. Yeah, I mean that's that's what he's doing here. Like he's he's doing the whole. He's not blaming you for the loss, but oh, you know, hey, here's a funny. Let me throw a quick one-liner in there about the fans to you know get everybody warmed up for my press event because it's not going to be fun. Like you're talking about coming back from injury, you're talking about a team that's on the slide. He's trying to make light of the situation. It's like time and place, time and place. There's there. This is not going to go over with the audience that's trying to talk itself into supporting you right, guys right, for a exactly. game. Like now, yeah. now a spin on it, right? We've talked about this a couple times this year. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau yeah. on the New York Giants. I think it was week one, week two. Let me see. Because they remember they had that come from behind win. It was very early on in the season. wasn't week one because I think week one they got smacked by Dallas, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, they lost 40 to nothing. The week two, That's right. it, was, it was the Cardinals. Cardinals were up, were up 20 to nothing at halftime. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And as the Giants entered the locker room, they were getting booed. Even though it was in Arizona, but Giants fans traveled and they were getting Arizona fans don't. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And so he said basically to the locker room, bleep them about the Giants fans. We're the ones that are on the field. We're the ones in the locker room. We're the ones that really matter. If somebody said that in Philadelphia, it would not go over well, but he's got a point. Right, it's like, all right, they can boo all they want, like bleep them. They're not the ones that are like, all right, we got this. But there's the relationship. Like the fan is allowed to voice their displeasure. Why are you pointing out the fact, oh man, they boo too quickly here? When it's been as bad as it's been. If you're sixteen and oh, we might not be booing. If you're eleven and six, but it wasn't because you lost five of your last six games, we might not be booing. The, the the team has looked disinterested. The team has looked disorganized. It starts with coaching. The players have admitted to improvising in the middle of games or late in games. And I know that happens probably all the time, but my God, I just, it's, it's like a soft nature. 
And it, it's if anyone else said it, I probably wouldn't have that much of a problem with it. It's just the fact that he's been doing this. Well, I led the team in tackles that day. Well, I actually played damn near perfect. The rest of the team didn't play worth it. You know what? Dude, what are you doing, man? You're supposed to be the captain here. One of. I'll push back on the if anyone else said it. It, it compounds it because it's slight, but we we would find a find issue with all of them. With anyone saying it. Yeah, because I remember like Aaron Sipos took shots at Eagles fans after the Super Bowl and he quickly deleted the tweet. And like but the first response was like, dude, you're the punter. Who like Right, yeah. But still, man, I don't know. He's just he's it's it's not it's not the time and place to do it. The player is not getting on my nerves. The person is getting on my nerves. If that makes sense. Okay, he's trying. He's, you know, it's like the the friend that goes, you know, out of their way to try and be entertaining and humorous at the gathering. It's like, just just be yourself. You know, just, just calm down a little bit. Simmer down. But, like, he's not even, like, I can't even say he's doing this to try to start a rallying cry for his teammates. No, when he's the no, one he's earlier this year joke. ripping his teammates. He's cracking a joke. He's trying to lighten the mood at what's going to be an availability that's about how's your knee and how are you going to help this team that looks right. dead in the water. Like, that's what it is. You know, oh, we're going to, you know, it's probably a good thing we're on the road. <laughs> These fans, uh, you know them. They get, you know, he's trying to get a, a nice little lighthearted I, comment I in guess, there. but and, we're going to react to it. Yeah, the way it's going to be taken is not going to be at, oh, you know, here's a, here's a guy smiling. You know, he, he quote tweeted that they, oh, you know how I am, Philly fan. Yeah, I know he did quote yeah, tweet he's, it. Yeah, he's trying, to, he's trying to make a joke at a time where. Yeah, but you know what that is? I'm just joking, man. Don't be angry at me. That's what no, that I is. think that I think that's who he is, because we've seen him. He's he's been you know wanting to make jokes and walk it back. And honestly, I think I think the relationship between the fans and him uh, took a took an interesting dynamic immediately when it came out that he wasn't going to come back, and then he was coming back. As soon as he wasn't coming back, uh, like fifty percent of this fan base was like, you know what, he's not. Yeah, we don't, we don't need him anyway. We don't need him. And it's like okay, you know, I understand you're coping with the fact that he's leaving, but like. No reason to try and kick the guy out the door while he was seemed like he was walking I just, out. I'm just, I'm just, you know, he's he's bugging me. He's bugging me, but he is an important piece to be back on Monday night. He really is. Um, all right, and the other thing, the Brian Baldinger clip. Uh, we've been talking about this for months now. Really, yeah, really. But like, I'm glad that he specifically brings up the lack of protection against the blitz against Wink Martindale, which that's what he does. Like, how do you not know that? Especially, like, you're in a game in which you're going to be scoreboard watching. So, if the Cowboys are up big, you're pulling your starters. If you are unfortunately losing big, you're you're pulling your starters. And that's what the case was. Wouldn't you want to do some sort of game plan where you protect your quarterback at all costs? Hell, I don't care if it's 13 personnel. Run it down their throats. Don't let Hurts move around all that much. I know that's not what the Eagles do. But you go out there in a game, for some reason, unknowingly, that they're going to blitz you. And to the degree that they blitz you, which then hurts your quarterback. And your offense is predictable, where Baldy says, you know, not just you know guys in South Philly bars can call out plays, but... Defenses should be calling out plays before the snap. I'll do you one more. 
I don't care if it's week 18 or week one. Shouldn't be that. Protecting your quarterback against the blitz should be one of the utmost priorities of of what you do. Like the fact that their answer is, oh, it's going to run around and figure it out, is not an answer. You know, we we made fun of uh, the James Harden, you know, the I am the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurts should not be the system to solve the blitz. It should not be all the Hurts to do it. And that goes back to design. That goes back to in the week, how you're preparing for this thing. That is, And that's a Sirianni issue. And that, yeah, that's right there. I mean, that's the brain trust. It's Is this brain trust broken offensively? Is this group working together? And that, sli- you know, that, that pie is sliced in a lot of different ways. Whether you go head coach who says it is his offense. Who it is, you know, he's supposed to be the offensive genius. Brian Johnson, who's in there, the offensive coordinator, helping with that game plan. So the quarterback, you know, they, they made the big thing this week about all these minds in the quarterback room. And it's so fun. It's like, okay. Where is the plan here? Where is any semblance of a game plan? This is not a surprise what's going to happen. And this is something that's going to be massive for you on Monday. Yeah. Because you're facing a defense that blitzes the third highest clip in the entire NFL. And oh, by the way, it's going to be raining. And that's going to be just another added storyline to the Eagles season this year. I don't have the number in front of me, but I believe it was Jeff Kerr uh, from CBS who tweeted out that week three, Hurts, two interceptions against the Blitz. Had oh, he did, not, he did not play well No, against the Bucks. He had his best throw at that point to that of the point. season to Zacchaeus in the, in the red zone. Two interceptions and his lowest passer rating against the Blitz until week 18. And this is against a Buccaneers defense that a couple years ago pointed out that he can't read a defense. Now he has since gotten better at that, but they may have some ideas on how to attack Jalen Hurts. Uh, let's go to the phone. Let's go to Chris and Charlotte. Chris, you're on the Fanatic. Hey, good morning, guys. How you What's doing? What's up, Chris? Well, my, 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 you know, our hearts have been bleeding for weeks. Um, obviously, after that, that Cardinals game, I, I, I gave up. I gave up. I called my father, uncle, and brother and said, guys, I'm not watching the last game of the season. And I, I don't know if I'm going to watch for postseason, the only time in my life I will not watch the Eagles in postseason. You got to watch the playoff game. I don't blame you for last week. Um, so, I, look, I, I will be honest with you. So, normally, if you guys have been following my journey this year, when I do the pregame show, I drive home in silence. I don't look at my phone once I get home, and I watch the game uh, from beginning until I catch up to where the game is actually at. Last week, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to listen to the game on the radio get home and pick up the game from wherever I'm at. So I don't blame you for not wanting to watch it all last week. You got to watch playoffs though. So, okay. So, so, so I had a, I had a church function at five 30 on Sunday and I was like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't watch the first play of the kickoff. I usually, if I can't watch it, I'll watch on the app. Cause I'm in Charlotte. I might not get the game. I left my, I left my phone in the car. And then finished the function, got back. The game was, I think the game was actually over. All my, my, my cockroach family, Dallas fans are like, <laughs> oh, how are you doing now? And ignored it all. And I still, all week long, I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm, again, first, first Eagles game in 78 at the vet. Um, I, I had to talk about Richie Kotite this past week. Yeah. It, it was horrible to watch him close. But then, and then all of a sudden I get a call last night. And my my best my best friend from Chicago, he lives in Dallas. He goes, Chris, I got Dallas Packers playoff premium suite, everything everything paid for. I'm flying you out on Saturday. We're Whoa. gonna go watch. We're gonna watch Dallas get get whooped by the Packers. All right. in front of their own 
their own cockroaches. Well, I, you're saying all right. I'm and I told one thing. I go, I have one thing, and I and I kind of I kind of like I kind of hummed, hummed and hawed. I said, I don't know, but I don't have airfare. I have I have points. I'm getting you airfare. I'm getting you the luxury box. The two of us. We haven't seen each other in a while. I'm like, let's let's do it. And I said one thing. I'm wearing all my Eagles stuff. Why is, why is that? Why is that a violation? I I just want to make I want to make sure. What no, I've done you damn week, right. You I wear did. your Eagles gear. I, look, good for you to be able to go to a game. I would love to go to a playoff game that doesn't involve the Eagles. I appreciate the call, Chris, because I want to go without emotion, right? Like I love, 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 love going to games that don't involve one of my teams. I really do. Because I'm just going there for for the sport and for the experience. Like if I'm out and about somewhere, you know, I've been in. I was in Chicago once and I watched Cubs Cardinals. I had no rooting interest, and it was awesome. I had a blast. So that kind of stuff is great. But damn right, you rock your Eagles gear inside Jerry's world. Let them know. They might say a lot of stuff to you that you can't really defend yourself in any sort of way because. The Eagles aren't playing very well, but if you watch the Packers beat the Cowboys, that's going to be freaking awesome in your Eagles gear. Just be safe. Because they always talk about how terrible we are. Eh? Not great down there. That sounds like an awesome. Like, go, oh, it go, sounds go, great. Go for it. I'll be honest. This weekend, like the. I can't wait. I can't wait through it against them. I, like, the only thing. Obviously, it sucks that we have to wait till Monday, but at least we can just watch the other. Game Saturday, Sunday with no bubble butterflies leading up to kickoff. It is kind of nice. Oh, there'll be butterflies. No, no, but uh, for, oh, Jordan for, for, for Jordan Love against the Cowboys. Yeah. For Jordan Love against the Cowboys, there's butterflies. I, uh, I need them so badly. 610-632-0975, the number to climb in. Coming up next, we do the talk stars. I'll be joined by Bob Cooney and John Kincaid of the John Kincaid Show, as well as Tyrone Johnson and Ricky Patalico of the best show ever. For the entire 11 o'clock hour. And we're going to talk about this Eagles-Bucks game. We're going to talk about some of the storylines that we've gotten into to start the show. Because all of a sudden there's a bunch. And it just adds to the stress of this Eagles season. But it's going to be a fun, busy hour coming your way next. Right here, 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. The real and inside story on the birds as they get ready for the NFL wild card. Andrew Salchunas, 97.5 The Fanatic and 97.5TheFanatic.com. Yes, welcome back to the midday show on this football Friday. Football Friday is presented by who? John Kincaid. Football Fridays, is it the Pump Man? It's the Pump Man. Pump Man Philly. Pump Man Philly for 24-7 emergency repair, pump, replacement count on Pump Man Philly. The guys know to fix your flow. They do the, he, he loves screaming the pump. Well, Pat usually is the Pat pump screamer. Pat or Bob. Bob does a good pump man. Can I get a pump? I'm saving it. Oh, you're going to save it for when? Yeah. That, yeah so I don't know. We're going to do it again the, in this the, hour? No, it's once an hour. Pump! Thank you. There it is. I appreciate it. Uh, that's John Kincaid and that's Bob Cooney. We're doing the Talk Stars. That's 11 o'clock hour. I'm also joined by Tyrone Johnson and Ricky Patalico from The Best Show Ever. What's up, guys? Hello. Hello, Hello there, Thank Andrew. you for coming in early, and thank you for staying late. Thanks for having and us. Anything for, for you, thank Andrew. Thank you for making Pierce. my show yeah. a lot easier for uh-huh. today. I okay. appreciate it. And we it's not the... like we were summoned to be here. I mean, we all chose to be here. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. You guys all chose to be here. You know, you want to be in my presence, right? Like, yes. uh, you want to be in the presence of greatness. I understand. You know, people buy tickets to see LeBron. You guys wanted to stick around and hang out with me. It's You're okay. not just a haircut. That's garbage. <laughs> There you go. Anyways, thanks for coming in. All right, so here's what we're doing. A bit, a bit of a round table as we get set for the Eagles-Buccaneers game. It's Monday night, and, uh, you know, I know you guys all know the temperature of the city is, is very low. Um, 
Usually, I think this time last year, going into the divisional round, we were getting like E-A-G-L-E-S chance every single caller. Yeah. And that was on like a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We're on a football Friday. And we still have not really had much energy from the fans, except for a couple of guys here and there. And I would think sometimes they almost seem delusional, which is which is kind of sad because it's it's not great right now. I was listening to you guys this morning. You had a guy on your YouTube page saying, I'm tired of the negativity. Talk about the yeah. positives. What positives? I, what positives? Right. The, I've asked people, too. I, I, I had somebody calling us out yesterday on, on Twitter, and I said, I understand your frustration. Yeah. I share it with you, but could you please list out the positives you want us to talk about? You know what he said to me? They made the playoffs. Yeah, Yuck. see, that's that's, well, that's five that's minutes of enough. a conversation. Yuck. Yeah, that's not enough. I had a guy calling a few days ago saying, hey, don't give up hope. They could still get back to the Super Bowl. Before you get back to the Super Bowl, you have to get to the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, yes. So logically, that's correct. Buccaneers fans then could be saying that. Right, exactly. And do you think Buccaneers fans, fans are saying that? Saying that. Uh, anybody could say that. I mean, we need a little bit more than that. Right. We need a lot more than that. And expectations? What were the expectations? Get to the playoffs? The expectations no, were getting so. back to the Super Bowl. Right. The expectations when you were 10-1 and one was to finish with 14 wins again, which is why I love Shefty. But I, I, I was kind of bothered by some of the stuff he was saying to you the other day when he was talking about how the expectations have led to the the energy in the city I, where people are upset. And that's why Sirianni's on the hot seat. And it's a what have you done for me lately society. It's not just expectations going into the season. They were 10 and 1. They I have had a historic collapse. That's why I asked him, are you criticizing the fans? We've sat through this. We li- And he goes, yeah. no, 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 I'm not criticizing the fans. I'm like... The fans have a reason to be disgusted with what we've seen. Look, you, you can you can look at a season and say, "Wow, ten and one went to eleven and six, but eleven and six is still a decent record, right?" You can, but we witness how bad it has gotten. We're talking about maybe a coach that has lost his players, and that's the most damning thing you can say. Yeah, we're talking about players that look disinterested. We're looking about design that looks horrible. So it's more than just losing five out of six, which you can see from far away. But when you're up close and living it. It's a lot different right now. You brought something up yesterday, Ty, and it, this is interesting to me. You look at 11 and 6. Look at where the Bills were. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? A yeah. sense of urgency from the Bills, and now they're in the playoffs and feeling good about themselves because they're going in the right direction. If you had a rematch right now between those two teams, the Bills win. Oh, no well, well, yeah. I do think the expectations, though, played a role, just not with the fans. It played a role in that locker room. I think that that Nick Sirianni, number one, not the buck doesn't stop with him. Right. So I think it's hard to coach under those circumstances, and that's what Howie Roseman has created. And then you also have a young leader in Jalen Hurts. I think it's really hard to going to a season where if you don't win the Super Bowl, it's a bad year. And I do think the weight of those expectations, I think that also is why Howard Roseman fired the defensive coordinator. I think all of that weight of the expectations did play a role in where we are now. It has nothing to do with the fans. I think it destroyed from within the locker room. Yeah, and it started quickly. They were, I, they were 10-1. and 1. Well, They, they lose the 49ers well, and pff, But done. even at 10-1, and 1, apparently they were miserable. The most miserable 10-1 football team. Because none of it mattered until the Super Bowl. And no team, you was talking about Bill Belichick, no team can sustain that over 17 weeks plus playoffs where only thing that matters is February. Now, should a leader... Should Nick Sirianni maybe have been had more moxie? Should Jalen Hurts have been different to lead? But I do think part, one of the parts, there's a hundred reasons that we're where we are now is because the expectations were so high right. that I think that it ended up breaking them. But then it does come down to the leadership that you talked about, having guys together, because 
Ricky, we were talking about this during the break. The Eagles don't stink. No. They are playing stinky, but they don't stink. I mean, look at that. Look at <laughs> that talent, Their defense right? stinks. They're, okay, their you're right. Their stinks. defense stinks, but they still do have some talented players on defense. Yes, Hassan yes. Reddick is a talented player. I'm not the biggest Josh Sweat fan, but the guy's had stink. double-digit sacks pretty much yeah. his entire career every single season. But as a whole. He hasn't had a sack since as October. As a whole, as an 11-player unit, they're not very good. Right, exactly. But then offensively, I know they still put up 30 points in some of these losses. Yeah. It just seems like at times it seems so difficult. It seems like they're scratching and clawing their way to first downs, let alone touchdowns. It does. And it's Nick Sirianni's offense. That gets yep. forgotten. It's only Brian Johnson. I think that plays I think a role. They're both to blame. Yeah, that, well, and I feel very comfortable with that. Yes, it's yeah. the it's just Brian Johnson. No, 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 no. And I think, and that's where that I do blame on the fans in this way. I think there was almost a mob mentality looking at the offense. One, it ignored the defense being putrid oh, for yeah. weeks. They didn't even notice, and then it became almost having their their torches and pitchforks for one guy. And not recognizing that there were other issues. The quarterback wasn't playing as well. He was not. That's part of it. The head coach's offense is part of it. And Brian Johnson. Now, if you split it three ways, I'm all for it. But once it became only Brian Johnson, I think that level of negativity also didn't help things either. And that was beneath a Philadelphia sports fan that's usually very bright. Well, what we I would, did not act very intelligently. They're sixth in the league, season. right? Sixth in the league, seventh, seventh, seventh at twenty-five and a half points. Twenty-five and a half points. Don't remind you that. All right, but if you're seventh, what is wrong with that? Do you expect to be one in everything? I, they probably should have been. They, they top could have five. Yes, yeah, they definitely five, should have scored. We were talking about number one O, o- line, right? number one wide it's receiver just not tandem the reason why in the league. Losing. But wait no, a minute, that's though. not the main there, reason. Here's, here's one thing, and I and I pointed it out before, and I'll point it out again. I offered a hundred bucks, hundred bucks to the first person to show me where when Brian Johnson was hired, the off season pressers, the training camp pressers, the beginning of the year when they were cruising along, where it was ever said that this wasn't Brian Johnson's offense. It was never said. I asked beat writers yeah. at the Eagles game. I said, any one of you, do you remember being told this is Brian? Jo- He's running Nick Sirianni's offense, but Brian Johnson's just calling the plays. Not one of them heard that. So to me, I don't buy it. I, I think he's Nick Sirianni again, just like he covered for Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown because they wouldn't take responsibility you for the Seattle game. think he's covering for Brian Johnson he's covering now, too. for Brian Johnson, too. I think, but the thing is, though, I do believe Nick Sirianni has a very heavy hand. I don't think Brian Johnson's just saying, Nick, I got this. Right. I think it's, no, a, it's, I think it's, it's a it is his game effort. plan. I believe it is his effort. game plan. And not and once it, was it ever mentioned that this is Nick Sirianni's Yeah, but he's, he's the head, but he's the head coach. I, yeah. And, yeah, I don't, I don't, I completely disagree with that. Give him I the think, menu. I Give think him the menu. Every thing. single, if you're, now there are certain CEO coaches like Harbaugh and Tomlin. Yes. Those guys, I believe. Right. When you have Belichick, I don't believe Belichick's defensive coordinator runs the defense. I think the defensive coordinator runs Belichick's His defense. defense. What he yeah. tells and him. I think in this sense, Steichen and him had extra year to be. Like, I don't know how how they can look next year, with a full, get through a full year, have a full offseason. Maybe they would work really well together. Steichen's offense, I hated that first year. All they did was run the ball right. and roll to the right every time I hated that offense. Year two. Because they played was, to their strengths. And it was dynamic. Yeah. But, I mean... Then this is year one. I don't buy that uh, that that he's covering. I don't because if that's the case, what does he do? Well, what does uh, that, he that do? does come what, to no, mind. What does he do then? Because right. we know he doesn't do the defense. What if he doesn't do the offense? What does Nick well? Then it comes do? down to whether or not he has full control of the locker room, which that would be his job. And does man, it seem that way right now? I, no, not right now. I, I've talked about this a lot this week. I'm sure you guys have as well. That Giants game. I, we were debating whether or not starters should have been playing. You yeah. don't no, think you were. 
Okay. We were debating. Yeah, we we just yeah we disagreed. That's a debate. That would be debate. That would be debate. You don't think debate right now? You don't think there were some players in that locker room going? Really don't think we need to be playing this game, but all right, I'll yeah, go out nothing, there. Apparently, but, but I'll go apparently out there. Nothing was on the line. And then once Sidney Brown goes down, once AJ Brown goes down, you don't think there's some players out there going? Clearly, man, we we shouldn't be out there. But we'll play for Nick. I don't think they were playing for Nick at that point. No, they no. seem. I've I've categorized this on the morning show that they are lost right now, and and that's a damning thing to say. Like it's not that they're just you know missing tackles or they're the, you watch defensive players standing flat-footed yeah. with two mm-hmm. wide receivers right there and, and you don't pick one to cover you just stand flat-footed you see offensively them not throwing the ball in the right places or nobody running open anywhere like they're lost and you look you grasp for answers when a team's going like this we can pinpoint where to put blame let's pinpoint where you can get better what can carry you past this I can't put anything. I, I don't know. No. Well, you know what, Ray? If you can for me yesterday, the identity question that, that we played a couple of times uh, during Nick Sirianni's press conference. So yesterday, Sirianni, during his press conference, was asked about, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts has talked a lot this year that they haven't found their true identity, which I think we can all agree with, right? Like, there was never a time where you go, all right, that's the thing that's been working with the offense. They're going to keep on doing it. That's yeah. the thing that's going to be working with the defense. So they're going to keep on doing it. Sirianni was asked about that yesterday. Take a listen to what he had to say. I think we all, like, that's just how we're built as a football team, right, with our offense and defensive line. There are a lot of resources in there, a lot of good players. Um, and, you know, for the past three years, we have been able to lean on those, those guys. Again, nothing's going to seem good during a, a losing streak that we that we're on or – you know, but we know that getting back to that is is going to be critical. And we know how we know how talented those guys are, how good of leaders they are, and we got great skill players too. Don't get me wrong. Um, it, it it's just that those guys. That's where we've built. How he's done a great job of in his philosophy of building the team with the offense and defense aligned. And it's playoff time, and we know we can lean on them at this time. Have you felt like they've leaned on their offense and defensive line? I was waiting to hear you yell. You've yelled it every day this week. Then why don't you do it? Yeah, there's, I've heard press conferences, <laughs> multiple press conferences this week where they say things that make sense, and then they're not doing it. So let's rely on our defensive line. Because let's face it, the Eagles' identity of offense and defensive line, that's, that's Joe Banner, right? That, that, yes. This is dating 25 years now. Why are you dropping Hassan Reddick back in coverage? Well, that's because – and that – see, that – you, you but ask, if you're the head coach, you have to still have a say. Yeah, but what? how do you get better? Here's one way to get better. If High Roseman actually went to the locker room and says that win or lose, this guy's in charge. I think part of the reason that they can't, that the team is so lost is because they know they can get rid of him because he's not in charge. And, it, and we can't give Howie all the credit when they win and then to give him none of the blame when they lose, that's and, great and point. this is where I'm in a tough spot. Like, I blame Sirianni for the offense more than others. I actually blame him for losing the locker room less than others because I think Howie undermines him. And that's why Doug Peterson didn't laugh. That's why they're about to have their fourth coach in 10 years because ever since the Chip Kelly thing, his insecurity oh, yeah, that's what they've been wanting to and do. his need to be in control, right. I think, undermines his head coach. That's why the moment that – that Doug Peterson says, I would like to pick my offensive coordinator, they get rid of him. And now when the coach, you know how hard it is to motivate solely with being smart all the time? Sometimes you have to be able to motivate a a bunch of different ways. He has no hammer. He can't bench anybody. He didn't fire that coordinator. You can tell me he was was super loyal to his uh, special teams coordinator who wasn't good, and then this year he was much better. Yet at week 13 he fired a defensive coordinator. 
I think that if you wanted to get better this week, if Howie went in and said, win or lose, all these rumors, this is the guy. Listen to him. Because if you don't, we'll get rid of him, you guys, before we get rid of him. We know that's not the dynamic right now. You brought up Harbaugh. You brought up Tomlin. You brought up others. And I promise you this. If their quarterback, who needed 10 yards to get in field goal range, went off script and went for the home run ball, low, low, uh, high-risk home right. run ball, yes. they would have sat behind a microphone and Mike Tomlin would have told you exactly what happened. and Or he would have expected his players to speak up and take responsibility for it. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown ducked well, so do you, ducked But do you not respect, right you do not respect right Sirianni for taking no. the ball on the sword? No, because it was stupid. We all knew it wasn't real. We all knew that the we pass interference was right for away. a pass interference. We knew I know, the play call was, was not there. It was nonsense. So we knew that was nonsense. And we saw Gainwell in real time, not just going Wide back at the all 22. Wide open. During right. the Brian play. Johnson. That's Brian Johnson calling that play. Yeah. He had him wide open, and Devontae was open. Right, and that gets the field goal to tie the game to force overtime. And this isn't like a hindsight thing. Right. Sometimes you go hindsight. The play's designed to go to the right, and then we're looking and going, look at that guy. Like wide open, open on the, the left. Tomlin, yeah. Tomlin doesn't have to worry about Howie Roseman. Right. Tomlin sits behind the microphone and goes, my quarterback went off play. You can ask him right. why he went with that. Same Jim, with Harbaugh. John like Harbaugh. Yep. Those kind of coaches. Bill Belichick. They're not doing that to Bill Belichick. Right. 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 Well, of and, course not. And there I are think, certain coaches that they just don't do it with. They do it with Nick Sirianni, the substitute teacher. And that, to me, plays a role in how. So, and the reason I say it's hard to be smart, I think sometimes you end up overthinking. Because if I come in and go, okay, I have to reinvent the wheel every day to keep these guys' attention. Because I can't just be a coach and just say, you know what we're doing? I said to run it. And you know why I'm running this play? To set up other plays later. So, yes, we might get negative two yards here or two yards in the fourth quarter. We're going to get a chunk play. But you don't have to respect me because at the end of the day, if I have any sort of backbone, the GM will get rid of me, bring in another rookie coach, and rinse and repeat. And I think that dynamic, High Roseman has been very good. He's a very successful general manager. But I believe in this particular case, the way he set up the organization made it to where even at 10-1, and 1, nobody's satisfied because he has to win the Super Bowl or he very well could be up out of here because I'm not the one in well, charge. Well, if they finished 14-3 and three and lost the NFC Championship game, I don't think Harry Rosen's going to fire Nick Sirianni. Yeah, but he might change his coaches. He what, might is, do that. He if, might change if, his coaches. If they're upset with the way the coordinators have been handling themselves, yeah, yeah, yeah but, probably. But, but I like my coordinator. He's learning on the job. I have good chemistry with him. Give him a little time to grow. What team do you know that wins is constantly churning coaches? Right. No, I mean, if this had happen. been an eleven and six head coaching jobs, yeah. If this had been an eleven and six season that went about in a different they way, they were two and two to start the year. Yeah. Say they were two and two, and then they went to six and two, and then six and four, and you know, and and you yeah. spliced it in, and you went in as a number five seed. I don't think we're talking about coaches, You're no. Right. But I really do think, as I said before, the way this team has just lost, and to Ty's point. How much respect do you have for the coaches, for the coordinators now? You already got rid of one. I don't know what you're going to do with the other one. I, I kind of go back and forth with this, like Ty says. Like, Brian Johnson's been there one year. His numbers aren't bad. Right. Wh- who says not to grow another year? Let Jalen Hurts and he work it out another year. There's plenty of reasoning behind that. But I do. I just think under this head coach, I guess, th- this organization on the field looks lost. Yeah, yep. and you're yep. looking for somebody for answers. Yep. And where do you look? You look up top. You look at your head coach, and then you brought up Jalen Hurts. At, 
I think a lot of us forget how young he is. Maybe not us, but like fans. Okay, I get what you're because saying. Because of how he acts. Right. Yeah. Like he acts like he's like 60 he years old. He's older like than you. you. Right. Yeah, he's I know. Josh's grandpa. Right. 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 I'm telling you. The way he yeah. talks, it's like, man, you, man that, guy's got some, that guy's got some wisdom. And then yeah. you go, oh, he's in his 20s. Like, right. You know, and then maybe sometimes, I'm not saying the moment gets too big for him, but maybe at some point it's like he's trying to think of answers and he doesn't have it yet well, because he's, he is still technically inexperienced in the league. After last year's Super Bowl, I'm never going to believe that the stage is too big for him. No. Because no. yeah. he won that day. Best game of his life. He took every, he wiped my brain clean of any of those. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just hoping they can get back to that. Now, Ricky, I have a question specifically for you. Oh, the f- the flipping of the switch. Boxers or briefs? The flipping of the switch question. We yeah. always hear that. Now, players are saying, like Brandon Graham is saying, oh, we're going to flip the switch. Fans say, oh, they're going to flip the switch. Dallas Goddard, Deshaun Jackson, and Chad Johnson are saying that they they've basically faked their way the last six weeks. That's pathetic. Can you really flip a switch in the NFL? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I will. I will say this much, guys. I know, like, can flip a switch in spring training to the regular season mm-hmm. because it's a joke. Spring training is a joke. I, I don't know what you guys think of it. It is the biggest joke you've ever seen in your life. But when, but when you get to the point where the bell rings and it's regular season, I've seen guys flip. I've seen guys take at bats a lot, a lot more serious. But I mean, football. I mean, if you're playing lazily, that's. That's almost impossible to flip yeah. a switch. I brought Be- that up the other day. You have to, cause, because it's a function of 11 guys. It's not just one guy out there. You know, if one guy's doing his job, you're still going to get blown out of the water. You need 11 guys to flip yeah. a switch? No. Maybe one or two. Basketball, and you 11, can do it a little no. bit. Uh, yeah, a little you bit because it's not the, the physicality. Hockey, de- hockey and football, you can't. No, you no. can't. Especially it's, it's, football, it's though. Team. You have three hundred pound missiles coming at you, and yeah. if you're going to be lazy on one play, you're going to get destroyed. Uh, you're like a pylon waiting for a truck to run over you. Yeah, I mean, in, that's all it is. The thing is, in hockey, sometimes you can ride a hot goalie. Yes. In baseball, in the postseason, you can have a Cole Hamels 2008 right. playoffs. Like there's certain things. Football doesn't work that. No, way. I mean no. Nick Foles was red hot, but. Alshon Jeffrey had a thousand yard season that year, was playing well. The offensive line was still tremendous. I guess Graham could in one way, and only one way. He was on a pitch counts for his snaps all year. Him playing more, right? It could look like they flipped the switch because he's playing more. Like they used, they probably overused Sweat. Sweat got tired. They overused Jalen Carter at they, times. Yeah, they overused oh, they guys. So if, let's say now Brandon Graham's playing half the snaps. Would it look like, and he gets two sacks just because he he's playing fresh, more? too. I, right. I, I'm trying to say if that's about the only way I can imagine it working is that you're now taking a player who you haven't been using, and you, you like if you go slay and Ringo for example instead of Bradbury, you will look quicker on defense. Yeah, you will. Doesn't mean that you'll be better necessarily. Might you not will. be smarter. Bradbury still got the right. you know the veteran but, in him. But you will look quicker. Yeah, I'm just saying those kind of things. But is that flipping the switch? Or is that literally just using personnel? Different personnel. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. Lo- like uh, Rajah Bell, when the Sixers made the finals that year way back in the day, all of a sudden it was like a secret weapon in the playoffs, and he helped them at times. Right. But that wasn't a switch. That was, hey, we're not playing a player, mm-hmm. and now we are. And it looks different. It's almost like just the front four of the defense. Are, are they all of a sudden all going to hit a fountain of youth in the, in this next game? No. Is that going to happen? And no. that goes back and to by the way, why I wanted to take does, a week let's off. Let's say it does in the Tampa game. Are they going to be able to regroup Absolutely for a second not. game? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, look. Unless it's Brandon Graham. We'll talk, our, we'll talk ourselves into it. Yeah, if they win a game. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. Come on, go Birds, man. I, I don't feel good right now. If they win Monday, oh, I you'll feel in, good. I got them in the NFC title game. Uh, <laughs> I got them in the NFC title game. Oh, they, absolutely. Game, I got them there. What if Dallas is up? What if Dallas or Detroit is upset? There you go. 
And if Detroit gets upset and then you're going to Dallas, I'd feel much better going to Dallas than oh, going to San Francisco. Well, yeah, because San Francisco oh, yeah. is juggernaut right now. The familiarity I, I completely and agree. And you can control the clock against a team like Dallas yeah. by running the football. Yeah, but you yeah. won't. But, but, run, well, run, run. Don't good feel luck. It. Good luck doing that. I don't care yeah. who you're playing. You're still this Philadelphia Eagles team going <laughs> somewhere, and you're so bad right now. I don't care who the opponent well, is. Well, we're going to talk more about this Philadelphia Eagles team coming up next. It's it's a uh, special edition of the Talk Stars during the midday show. Thanks, guys. You're making my day so much easier. Uh, we'll continue this conversation next, and then before you know it, it'll be 2 o'clock, and Ricky and Tyrone will be on the air for the best show ever. Back to work. Back to work. 97.5 The Fanatic. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. 97.5 The Fanatic. It's 11.32. It's the midday show right here, 97.5 The Fanatic. It's also a special edition of the Talk Stars leading into Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm joined by John Kincaid and Bob Cooney, the John Kincaid Show. What's up, fellas? Hello there. Thanks Hi, for Andy. joining us. And Tyrone Johnson and Ricky Patalico, the best show ever. Hello, Hello Drew. Thank, you for, uh, thank you for being a part of this. I appreciate it. We got one good thing going for us. One? Uh, ESPN did their predictions yeah. for the upcoming game. And the entire uh, crew picked the Bucks. Oh, well, every usually, single person picked really? the Bucks. Usually, when they all pick like that, they're it wrong. Goes the opposite. So we yeah. do have something going for us. Now, it's interesting because we talk about Shefty and how he's not living this day to day. It's interesting that the national perspective is: Yeah, Eagles aren't losing this or ain't winning this game. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of whispers. I kept pushing him the other day. I said, "I know you're hearing stuff." What's going on? I know you're hearing stuff. Spill. Spill the beans. Right. He wouldn't do it. No, he but would... I guarantee you, next week, if this team flames out, we're going to hear all these stories come out of the woodwork about what went wrong with this team. But people are holding them, and I never understand it. Bob, you were in a print media job, so you had a different job. Maybe you understand why guys would sit on stuff. But I guarantee you, people just don't start talking next Monday if right. they lose. Yeah, but they're not telling the media. I mean, maybe Shefty has a relationship with uh, Howie that he says, yep, yeah, he things does. go this yep. way. Yeah, we're going to look. We could be looking elsewhere. Uh, you're not going to tell that to the local media. You'll tell that to Shefty on the down low. I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, relationships local media has with GMs or whoever, uh, Jeffrey Laurie himself. But, um, yeah, I don't think anybody's sitting on a story. Like, I, you know, I've told you one of the stories that when I was covering the Sixers, I knew a firing or a quitting or what resignation was coming up. And I went to the front. I was the only one that had it. And the PR guy's like, oh, yeah, well, wait. I'm going to call Woj, and I'll let him know first before you send it. And I went, send. Okay, oh, my yeah, God, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, swear to God. Yeah. I wrote the story out. Yeah. I had it all there. I, I said, look, I'm giving you the opportunity. You want to, you know, comment on this? He goes, ah, it's true. Let me just call Woj. And I hit send, and we yeah. had it before. Yeah. Oh, of course you should. But um, I, I don't think they're sitting on anything. I think there's suspicion, but I don't think they're getting solid answers. Well, so, Tyrone. I, I don't know. You brought up, yeah. obviously, Howie's involvement, which yes. is something that we've known about for a while now. And it did lead to a Super Bowl, and then it led to a bit of a demise, but then it led to a rebuilding to yep. get back to the Super Bowl. So is it good? Is it bad? I mean, that story will be told, I don't know, maybe another decade from now. Who knows? Because he's not going anywhere. We know this. We've, not how many until times at least we, Jules takes over. Well, right. 
How many times have we heard if Howie Roseman got fired today, he'd be picked up tomorrow by yeah, another he'd team? he'd get another job. So it's not just Howie Roseman that's apparently involved. Did you guys hear what I played earlier today at the beginning of the show from Jeff McClain? No, I didn't hear that. So Jeff McClain, his podcast, Uncovering the Birds. I had him on yesterday or Wednesday. He joins me every single week. And he was like, speaking of sitting on something, he's like, mm. I'm working on something, which he obviously he's not going to want to spoil mm-hmm. it on, on this little midday show. He wanted to save it. Take a listen to this clip from his podcast that dropped today about another person involved and where they're involved. One of the main questions about the Eagles these days, inside and outside the Novacare complex, has suddenly become whether or not Nick Sirianni will survive his team's end-of-the-regular-season collapse and whether Monday night's game at Tampa will be a referendum on Sirianni and his ability to lead the football team. We're recording this episode two days after the Eagles' deflating loss to the Giants in the season finale. Inside Novacare, Sirianni, his staff... The players, Jeffrey Lurie, and management are all focused on one thing, beating the Buccaneers. But this is what I've been hearing the last few weeks as the Eagles' slide got worse. Lurie is taking a more active interest in football operations. What that means for Nick Sirianni's future is still too early to tell. Lurie is an involved owner, but he's typically more of the asking questions type than the meddling kind. But when he sees fit, he will assert his authority. And what he saw fit was at the end of the Doug Peterson era. And and at different times, like he like uh, I frankly he we, we I, I don't have a better word than lie about JJ Arthur Whiteside was his draft pick. It was his draft. It was pick. his draft. It was pick. the Stanford connection. Now he'll say that the only time he's ever interfered was Lane Johnson and Milana. That's just not the truth. It was he he has he has stepped up in, in other times. By the way, can we not give like Howie Roseman or anybody credit for Joy Milana except for like a scout? That was just nobody's also, watching. Nobody's watching rugby. Dallin should get the first credit. Well, for no, I know, but in, them, terms of, in terms of for drafting, drafting him, him at it was some camp. scout yeah. that's like yeah. you know working nitty gritty hours but, and goes, "Wow, I got." this rugby player what he said it's a problem but this is what i meant and this is why i would like to not have a first-time head coach if there is a demise mm-hmm. of nick sirianni this he doesn't he knows a lot about owning a team he doesn't know enough about football to be interfering at that level i think like, like he does it and, and he's done this before unfortunately and that means it's already over and if you imagine you're a player yeah and now you know the owner is interfering. You know the coach doesn't have power. Why do I listen well, to him? Well, and there were players that once had a direct line to Jeffrey Lurie. Carson Wentz was a guy that had a direct line, and this was when the Wentz and Peterson turmoil was happening. Jason Peters had a direct line to Jeffrey Lurie. This was all Kelly out Arden there was a couple and, guys and reported. As well. Yeah, and so I want to go around DeMarco, the room a little bit uh, here because you all have different experiences when it comes to you know this, this level of work and your level of life. John, I'll start with you. Did this ever happen in Atlanta? Where yes. the owner, who is very involved... Oh, he's, a, he's terribly involved. So, to the point where it's a detriment to the team. Yes, absolutely. Do you know that for every single head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, they have a once-a-week meeting with the owner to talk about game plan? Oh. Yeah. I swear to you. Are you serious? I believe you. Oh, I'm not kidding you. I'll, I'll put on... Arthur Blank is the most... If he isn't, he's more meddlesome than Jerry Jones. I give him credit for lowing the food prices at that stadium. Well, he does. But... He does. That's how you got to fill the place. But he's a, he's a meddlesome owner. And and along the lines, and it's funny, it's just, just one thing on what Ty said. Ty, you dropped something there that I believe is is maybe behind Jeffrey Lurie being so desperate. Uh, I believe Jules, Julian, will take over this organization in 2026. I believe, I agree with that. I think it's coming. He's okay. already at the senior I think he's, bowl. He's I, think he's, I, think he's, right. I think he's taken over the organization. He's being groomed. He's going to take over the organization. So right now, Jeffrey Lurie probably wants to, while he's still running he the show. He wants to win one. 
Get another one in there. Similar yeah. to Mr. Snyder, only Mr. Snyder was ended up being, he was worried about mortality. He right. At the time. And a lot With of moves they made was to try to win one before Mr. Snyder passed away, unfortunately. And I think this isn't a... Which a, I, didn't, a, I didn't hate. I, he was trying. My issue with it was you can never make decisions just two inches in front of your face. Right. You don't have to make them two miles down the road either. There has to be a middle ground. Right. Like, if you think Brandon Graham's going to retire, then Nolan Smith the next year, I can live with that. That's one year ahead. But if you're thinking about, I got to make every single move for now, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And, right. And I think that this... It, 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 Jeff Worry does a lot of things very well. Yeah. So I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I mean, the Eagles have been one of the best organizations since 2000. Right. 24 years. years. Right. 30 30 years. It's been fantastic. But one of his, his his weakness is the football. Right. Like, that's that's a lot of people's weakness would be the now, football. Now, I don't think... And he, from, I don't, from a player's perspective in that... So I mean, I, that's I, where I, I was I, going I'll, I'll be honest with you. We would see an owner on opening day. That was it. Right. It, with, with exception of David Montgomery. David Montgomery would come down... Whenever he felt like it, right. just kind of hang out, say he was hi a to good the players. Man. He, was, he was, yeah, he was different than he wasn't most meddling. Owners. No, no, he no. Was just, How's, like, hey, How's your family? How's <laughs> yeah, this? How's yeah, that? Yeah, well, right. It has nothing to do with the with the game. Um, but but like now, you look at Lurie. Now all of a sudden, the players are hearing this. They know they're they're not stupid. They know. So what's Tyrone's on to something when if you see the owner walking around. You see the owner walking around when he's normally not there. Yeah, there's an issue. going Now, does that make you not hear the coach? You might listen. It's like the, the Jimmy. No, right? you, you listen, listen to, to Jimmy, coach, but you don't hear but you Jimmy. you know what's on the line for him. Right. So it, it, I don't think it really changes your aspect of going in and playing a game. You still have to listen to your – well, I don't know how much they listen to their coaches this year anyways. Well, I, I remember uh, Ray and I talked about this a lot. Speaking of McLean, he does a – I mean, he does a great, great job. job. He, he gets hate because he hates the team. No, he just covers the team and he doesn't have any bias. That's his job, Bob. You understand that. Um McLean spoke with Josh Sweat one-on-one a couple of weeks ago. I forget if it was after the Niners game or after the Cowboys game. And Sweat was basically like, yeah, there's some guys that seem to be playing for themselves and not necessarily for the coaches or not Mm -hmm. necessarily. That's what we're talking about, the unit. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to play for a unit. You can't be a solo player out on the field. No, and they're going, all right, I'm going to try to get a sack my way, not the way Sean Desai saying it. Or Mm -hmm. was this when Matt Patricia Started doing something. We talked about this on the pregame show, Bob, the the third down team, right? Where now right. all of a sudden Patricia was more involved. If you're all of a sudden bringing another guy in to game plan, just just not even the owner. I'm talking about a senior advisor. I'm looking at the defense coordinator going, well, I haven't been playing well all this season. And I don't like the plays that you're calling. I'm not going to really listen to you as much. I'm going to start doing my exactly. thing. Exactly. That's what not everybody's going to always like. This is what I mean, how Sirianni's now in a spot where he has to wow the guys all the time because it's not just based on authority. There are certain times where you have to just do what you're told, and there are certain times where you don't. In this particular case, they don't have to do what they're told because the buck doesn't stop with him. Right. And that's why I think the way this is set up is always set up for boom or bust. There will be times where it looks really great and hopefully you win a Super Bowl, and it's going to look like it did the last six weeks of this year. It's going to look like that often because the coach isn't in charge. And that's why I just I don't like how this is built. I don't think that's built to last in real life. And with that going on, do you think everybody on that team has the confidence that they're going in and winning this game? Like no, just I don't for that think they reason. How could you? Confidence was one of the subjects I brought up yesterday, and it's so important in all aspects of sports. 
And I just don't think they have it right now. I really don't. I don't think they have confidence in the instruction they're being given. Well, if one guy's saying that certain guys aren't playing their roles, right. the confidence level automatically drops. And that's, and, and that's been shot for a while. We talk about making a name for yourself, like you're trying to show. So Matt Patricia takes over. So uh, I think we'll all agree on this as a coach. Don't you want to play to your strengths? Yes. Like, especially when things are down. All right, I'm going to rely more heavily on what I know has been good. Mm-hmm. What does he do to come in and make a splash? He Drop drops Hassan, Hassan Reddick. Reddick back in the and, coverage. And sweat. And sweat in the yeah, coverage. Yeah, and it's... Uh, what, and Nolan what, Smith, who sometimes his eyes are like this when he sees He's the, barely the learning the league. Yeah, yeah, he exactly. barely doesn't know the league. He didn't play linebacker at Georgia. No. Right. Only, in certain formations, they would mask it. But right. he, he was not a linebacker. He wasn't a right. cover linebacker. He was linebacker. not a linebacker. They not at all. Him. They listed him as linebacker because edge guys, exactly. that's what they right. listed him And that's how they listed him. If this was a 3-4, he'd be an outside rusher in the 3-4. He wouldn't have been drafted where he was drafted if he had played linebacker at Georgia. Right. I promise you that. Right. Now, Bob, based off of your experience, you hear that report or the I, I don't know if you want to call it a report or a statement made in the podcast by Jeff McClain that Jeffrey Lurie's now a little bit more involved. No, it's a report. It's a report. Okay. Sure. So your thoughts on that. Have you ever experienced anything like that where ownership and look at the Sixers went through a process, so I imagine they were involved yeah. more than <laughs> more yeah. than most. Uh yeah, Ricky's right. Once you see the owner, it's kind of like, uh oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh I don't I, I, I want to say, I, I don't mind an owner being a little bit involved. It's his team. And if he calls a coach in and says, hey, give me an hour on Thursdays. I want to hear the game plan. I, I really don't mind that. I'd rather have it. No, I don't want him saying, oh, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. I don't want you running the ball here. If he just listens and listens out and hears the game plan, that's part of the greatness of being an owner. You get to you you do know, hear all that stuff. Which right. I'm but, taking him away from doing what he's hired to do. It's an hour a day. Yeah, but an I, hour the, a week. Yeah, but when, when really, yeah, I mean, yeah, really, I really one hour yeah. a week. Yes. Yeah, and by no, the way, the players, no. the players did not respect it. The players did not. Well, was Dan, he having Dan say Reeves, in it, Dan or Reeves was he just before, listening? He's not no. sitting there. He doesn't sit there in a room and go, "Oh, okay, that's great." Come on in. No, he's voicing opinions. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. If he is, uh, then okay, that's problem. fine. I, I, I hope to God he's not telling a head coach what to do in a football game plan. But, yeah, if I'm an owner and I well, want an hour a week, if I, if I want an hour and a week, a week with my head coach just to say, hey, come on in, can you just let me know the way you guys are attacking this, I'm fine with that as long as he's not. Well, remember, what's, I don't like that. Remember in training camp when Howie Roseman stopped practice? Because Sean Desai had the wrong group on the field for yeah. what they were practicing. And I came in the next day and was like, what the hell is going Why is on? The GM I, have doing never this? Se- I have never seen I that. said, what the hell's going on with Desai? That he- right. <laughs> that he <didn't> know what <laughs> he's doing. But to go to that, Andrew, yeah. Who do, as an owner, who do you go to to find out about your head coach? You go to the players. Yeah. Where is he? Uh, Jason Kelsey, I know you're retiring, but but where is Nick Sirianni as far as this group goes? Lane Johnson, where? You know, how do you feel? I think he's probably doing his recognizance on that, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, look, I don't want an interfering. You guys, please right. don't take me wrong. Right. I don't want him drawing up plays no, or changing not. things. But the involvement part? Yeah, unless I mean, you, unless Jeffrey Lurie tells him to throw it over the middle of the field, maybe I don't run the ball. That. And I, I didn't like have the Hassan Reddick not drop either, back right. in coverage. Yeah, yeah. slam pad. Well, yeah, if, if he's calling for slams, a slam patterns, and I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. Now there is a coach that's available. I know you guys talked about this on the best show ever yesterday. Yeah. I talked about it for almost four hours yesterday. I do want to get everybody's temperature on hoodie around the room. Bill Belichick is available. I'm not saying fire Sirianni to get Bill Belichick. I'm saying if 
Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie believe, all right, this guy's not the guy. We're moving on from him. To me, number one is Bill Belichick. He's the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. You guys made a great point. Does Howie go for it? Uh, you know, probably Howie. not. No. Howie no would way. have to be fired. Yes. Yeah, he would have to go. There's no way that Howie Roseman is not bringing in Bill Belichick to be over him. Right. He's and, never doing that. And, and, and right. those two are attached to Howie's the Howie's not Meanwhile, bringing him in. Washington hired, no. right. hired their GM today. They hired the 49ers assistant GM just, just since we've been on the air, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, they did not hire Hallaby. Right. But here's the thing. Alec. Right. Alec, I think, is going to get the Carolina job. But that's separate conversation. With Brian Johnson? Perhaps. Uh, don't rule it out. Brian Johnson's not as dumb as fans think he is. Just trust me, he's not. Um, he's the dumbest coach that ever lived. Sure he is. Uh-huh. Sure you know. Um, anyway, but in all seriousness, I would want, if they part ways with the coach, I want them to hire the best coach available. That's me. He's the best coach available. Now, if Tomlin was doesn't work out, then I can make an argument that due to age and other reasons, Tomlin would be the I want them to hire the best coach. If that means I have to part with Howie, and I agree with you completely, John, he's you not. must part. Howie, yep. nothing, Howie's in the meeting. Now, maybe Lurie hasn't been. Howie's been in these meetings. Howie is in the offensive and defensive rooms. Howie is involved. Bill Belichick would not have that. Never have that. Nor should he, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, since I want to change how my organization is run, I believe the head coach has to have the power. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a GM who's strong with personnel and cap. I'm well, that's about, Kansas City. That's Andy and, and the GM that's out there. Right, that's, and, that's the model I prefer. So if only to get this situation where it actually belongs – you bring him in, and now you have the model. He works here for four or five years. Then you bring in another strong head coach and say, okay, at players, you're answering to him. So if you don't like to play, I don't give a damn because I'll get rid of you before I get rid of him. That allows everything to fall in line. The way it's set up now is destined to fail. Belichick would actually save all of us from years of pain. Now, good for you for thinking four or five years down the road. I'm just no, but I agree, next year, two I, I agree years with now. it. Why, I mean, why you have to number if you lose to Tampa, you have to kick the tires. You have oh, to. If you lose must, it, yeah, you I have think to so. Make I attempt. think so. If you lose to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have to. I mean, because we we also brought in the uh, the Commanders. If they, I think I mean, he's going to be the Commanders. Yeah. Well, what if he is? What if Laurie doesn't? like I don't that? like that. I hey, don't like oh, that. I, I do. I, I think he's going to fail. Yeah. What about another NFC East team? They're already talking about if the Cowboys lose, what if McCarthy's going? I think. I do you imagine if Hoodie goes down know. to Dallas? I don't know if he go there with. Jay. I don't <laughs> know. If Jerry imagine, Jones. No, we would all be scared though. John made a good point I'm this morning though, now. saying if he does get fired, McCarthy, wouldn't it be just like Jerry Jones to go after Bill Belichick? Money be damned. And wouldn't yeah. we all be scared? I, I We're all chessy saying, "Oh, I don't want that old man here." If he goes to Dallas, I'm terrified. They, I believe he would break the curse. I believe they'd win a Super Bowl with him there. So we don't want that. Part right? of the reason why I don't think <laughs> no, they want a Super Bowl no. is because the situation in Dallas is like this, and that everyone knows you answer to Jerry Jones, right. not the coach. Not that it matters. They're losing Dan Quinn, most likely. Yes. Yeah, he's going to get the be Seattle job, apparently. Might be Seattle. Could be Seattle. And I've also heard Tennessee. Okay. He could be in, right. in the play. It would be interesting. They go defense back-to-back. I would think it would be weird. Yeah, now, now go, if the, if don't said. hire Dan Quinn. Yeah. Don't hire Dan. No. no, he's a great guy, but do not hire Dan. All right, so before I let you go, uh, people are asking for us to give our scores. Which uh, We got a hole. We got, I'm not giving we got, a score till the We got till Monday, the man. Yeah, we I'm got Monday. Injury. I want to see the injury. I got a yeah, pre- well, weekend. right. AJ Brown didn't practice yesterday. I can tell Jalen Hurts barely threw the football. Blankenship didn't practice. I don't well, feel thing good about it, but Baker's I'm going to wait until Monday. I believe we will have a, a roundtable, whatever you are calling it, talk stars next Friday, because I believe they are winning the game. 
I'm, I don't know what the score is. I got you. Well, I, I, do I don't, even, wanna, I don't even do that. But what I want to do is, who who is the player on Monday? Because I do want to talk a little bit about the game. We've got three minutes left. Like, who's the player that desperately needs to step up? And I know you Jalen guys Hurts. always do the take Jalen Hurts out of it. Swift. I can't take him out. I'm with Swift, too. Now, not to I'm step up in terms of he's not Swiftie. been playing well, but they need to run the football in this game. Yeah. And everything lends to that, right? You have to protect your defense because they've been crap lately. So you got to hold on to the ball. What Keep them you? off of the field. That's I got to run the football because your wide receivers are hurt also. It's definitely hurts. Well, I said hurts aside. No. How could you say hurts aside? Because I'm the one that asked the question. <laughs> A.J. Brown then. What if he doesn't up. play? Then it's Devontae He's Smith. Playing. He's playing. I hope so. Um, In that range? Devontae I think he's, said playing. he's playing. He's playing. I think it is uh, it's Slay. Wow, I like this one. And, and here's why. You put Slay on Evans, yep. and he follows him. Which is what you now, did that doesn't in, week, Evans in week gets, three. Right. What you do is you make it harder on him. Then, with Blankenship likely out, I can now use Bradbury in a different way, and I got to go with Ringo the Kid. I must. I don't have a you choice. Have to. I have to be athletic. I have to be. You don't lose a lot athletically going from, from Blankenship to Bradbury at safety. You lose a lot at corner. He's smart enough to be, and then I, I'm able to run a simplified defense, which they're claiming they're doing. That's what they're doing, If yep. Slay plays well on Evans, Tampa doesn't have a lot of options to score. And if they run the ball, they can't blow you out. Like Arizona, they ran up and down the field. They, could, oh, yeah. they can't blow you out. If you let Evans get off, they can blow you out. Eagles can be blown out by anybody. No one blows a team out just handing the ball off. So if I can make have Slay out there and he comes back and plays well on Evans, and when I say well – Eight catches, eighty-eight yards. That's yeah. fine. Something not that, like Tyree Killer. That's exactly what Tyree yeah. Killer was. Right. Saying. Maybe one touchdown, but not three touchdowns. Right, exactly. That kind of thing. To me, that now becomes a winnable game. I don't know if Patricia will do it, but to me, this is staring him in the face. Simplify your defense. Oh yeah. Man to man on Evans, and then Ringo on the other guy. Maddox on whoever's in the slot, and then safety's high, and just simple defense. The simplicity just, has been the problem. Just the simplicity. Think about the Cardinals game on that Connor touchdown from a yard out. Did you see what the defense was doing? They were confused. They looked like a bunch of flies going all over the place. You know enough defense, Blankenship. You're up high. You go and help. And and now that's my simple defense. If I give stuff up, stuff underneath, at least they know safety help, man to man. Safety help, man to man. So, but you can't do that without slack. I just and hope you can't. I, you have to run zone if you don't. Bob, but you keep it simple, stupid. It is, yeah. and, and that allows you to be aggressive because you know where you're supposed to be. You know exactly right. what you're supposed to do. Therefore, you can be aggressive. When you're not sure, you can't be aggressive because you're afraid to move. By the way, quick report because uh, we were just talking about the commander's job, Ben yeah. Johnson. Uh, cl- keep a close eye. Somebody's reporting. Jo- Jonathan Jones, who covers the NFL for CBS, says keep a close he's, eye he's on. A good, no, he's a hot name. Ben Johnson for the Commanders. Job. By the way, if if well, now, he'd pick his quarterback with the second, second pick, pick. Yep. Yeah. Johnson would. Now, now hold on, real fast. I don't want to go over time, but if Belichick doesn't go to Washington and Dallas was to win and the Eagles lose. It's between them and what? L.A. at that point? He might want warm weather. And I was thinking the Chargers was the first team that Justin, came to Justin, my mind. Yeah, but that's me. it. We went over them all yesterday. There's to nowhere me, else. Yeah. The best scenario for him, because his weakness has been quarterback, would be L.A. or, or Philadelphia. I was or told, Dallas. I was told the other day, too, that Jim I, Harbaugh is. I'm talking about Dallas wins. You, he, I oh, think he gets hired yeah. fairly quickly. That Harbaugh is more likely to come back winning the national championship than he was if he had lost the national championship. Interesting. That was, uh, and. 
He probably and uh, the rumors were he wants apparently he prefers the L.A. job. Yes, well, Herbert's, the, the, Herbert's the guy, right? So. All right, so the, the positions are uh, limited Belichick. for the greatest coach Belichick. in the history of the NFL. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate make sure you. you listen to Tyrone and Ricky. You, They're back on at two o'clock. Bob, that's I appreciate true. you sticking around. You and John you guys McCabe enjoy your weekends. Working extra time, right? Do you get paid extra for this? No, Andrew, we're just here for you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's Bob all. That's told our you pay. We're here for that's you. That's nice. I appreciate it. Well, you guys get home safely. Enjoy your weekends. We do have football all weekend long, which is great. And then we'll be back at it on Monday. And Bob, I'll be doing the pregame show with you on Monday at Barbies. Your mic's still on. Keep on talking. All right. If you want to get back into the conversation, the number is 610-632-0975. Just unbelievable. Bob forgets to turn off his mic. It's very professional outfit here. It's, it's amazing. Um That'll do it for the Talk Stars. Midday show continues coming up next. 97.5 The Fanatic. It's 12.02 on a football Friday. Football Fridays on The Fanatic presented by Pumpman Philly for 24-7 emergency repair. Pump replacement count on Pumpman Philly. The guys that know to fix your flow. Want to thank Tyrone and Ricky and John and Bob. John and Bob, especially for sticking around. Ricky and Tyrone, of course, coming in early. Uh, But that that was a, a fun hour, an hour that just flew by as we were talking about the state of the Eagles. What sucks, Ray, is that we have a playoff game, and it was about the state of the Eagles. It wasn't so much about the game. But I don't think anybody has a problem with that. There is no X's and O's right now. Now, look, the game's not till Monday, too. So Monday will be a little bit different, how the Eagles should attack the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the storyline will still be there. The man, If they lose today, and I'm talking about Monday, if they lose today, uh, is the coach still going to be here? I mean, it just sucks that we have that kind of show, and it's about the state of the Eagles, not a playoff game itself. The game could be at 1 o'clock today, and that's what we would be talking about. That's just where you're at as yeah. a team. You're not, you're not talking about, whoa, is this the start of a Super Bowl run? It's, whoa, can they get past the Buccaneers in the wild card round? You know, everything's adjusted. Everything's changed. It's not just going to be us. You know, we, you guys mentioned in there the national talking points on the team and the fact that you know, ESPN They're picking the Bucks, picking the Buccaneers. I can guarantee you ESPN's, you know, countdown to Monday night. It's not going to be, whoa, how do you think the Buccaneers could be able to run the football past, you know, Davis Carter in the front? No, right. it's going to be. So what are you hearing, Schefter, on the latest on Sirianni's job stats? What do you what do you guys at the roundtable here think about the collapse of the Eagles? Does this team have the juice to continue? Can they flip the switch? You know, I've got the TV on in here, as yes. I always do, keeping an eye on what the national shows are talking about. The question was posed at the bottom uh, third of first take at some point today. of Is the championship window closing for the Eagles? You know, like this, this is not a conversation. It's not just us focusing because, oh, it's day of the Eagles. It's what we're thinking here in Philadelphia. That's the thinking everywhere right now. You watch a team lose five of six in such a historic fashion and have to go play a playoff game. And I say have to because... The start of your season requires you to go out there and play that playoff game. Yeah, these are questions that we're going to have to ask, and that's why the conversation will not be focused on the X's and O's and, oh, let's break down the tape of what this team's doing because you've seen the shortcomings, and the shortcomings lead you to the bigger questions about this team for the long haul. Yeah, which which sucks, though, ultimately, because I would love to just get fired up for a game, right? I would love to get fired up for an Eagles playoff game and say E-A-G-L-E-S, but... Unfortunately, we're not at that position. Tyrone's right, though. They beat the Buccaneers, and this this town will start to talk itself into something. Oh, yeah. Look, I told you a couple weeks ago when we did the Bill Barnwell article, hey, if you could run the football against the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys aren't great at stopping the run, maybe you control the clock. Uh, Dak gets uh, make, throw, turns the football over. You make a play here and there. Just don't let CeeDee Lamb go off for like 200 yards, and, and maybe you have yourself a ball game. 
you know, John brought up the whole, man, if this team upsets this team and this team, all of a sudden you got a home game, right? This weekend's going to be a lot of fun. Coming up at 1.30, we're going to give our picks, right? Well, you know, we'll base things off of the line and the, and the point spread, uh, the over-unders. But then we'll also, Ray and I are going to do our own. So we'll go, you know, it's not like a competition. I mean, it will be when it's all said and done. We're going to do the playoff path. Oh, boy. So we're going so to have winner. to pick Monday. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to pick, like, we're going to do the whole thing. We're going to write it all out, and then we'll see who did better uh, come the end of the playoffs. But real quick, before I get back to the phones, uh, Rob Motti just tweeted out the AP All-Pro teams. Remember last week we had the uh, what was it, the NFL Players Association All-Pro teams. So this is the, the bigger one, the AP 2023 NFL All-Pro team. Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey at running back, no shock. check at fullback, no shock. Uh, tight end, George Kittle, your wide receivers. It's three receivers for the AP. Tyree Kill, CeeDee Lamb, and Amon Ross St. Brown from the Lions. Your lineman, Trent Williams from San Fran. Uh, is it Joe Thuney or Tooney? I always get that mistaken from the Chiefs. The, You're right. The left guard. Thank you. Uh, Jason Kelsey, once again, an all-pro center. Congratulations to Jason Kelsey, but no Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson was first team for the Players Association he is second-team All-Pro for the Associated Press. The All-Pro right tackle, Penny Sewell, with the Lions, which he had a tremendous season. Uh, Zach Martin once again wins at right guard. And uh, shocker, Ray, nobody on defense for the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, I'm, I'm astonished. I can't believe yeah. it. Uh, by the way, Lane Johnson, you know what? You might say the AP is the more impressive one. I, I like the peers. You know what? I like the players to make the decision. What they're, what they're saying. More yeah. prestigious to get the Players Association than the AP. Uh, the Players Association, that's just a uh, personality or uh, um, a popularity, popularity is what you're looking for. No, I don't know. I, I, don't I wasn't know. popular, so I don't know the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't win any popularity no, no, contest. Not, not at all. Not you at won all. the personality contest? No, not that okay, either. So. No, believe it or not. Uh, but Lane Johnson was on the second team, like I mentioned. And man, he got robbed. No Covey on first or second team for punt returns. This Nick Sirianni must be furious. Whenever he loves being asked about Britton Covey, he is so excited to talk about Covey. Uh, Jake Elliott did get second team. Uh, for place kicker, I'm guessing Aubrey won first team. He did. So second team for Jake Elliott. Uh, now, there you go. I'm going to call upon the beats here. I need a question asked of Covey tomorrow. Okay. Uh, he speaks tomorrow, right? Is this, the reven- the- is this the revenge game? Yeah, not even the revenge game, but I, I need I need someone to give a conversation. He does, yes, he does speak tomorrow at eleven ten. I need one question. Oh, there about Covey. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need a question asked of Sirianni of, of hey, yo, your guy Covey. Like, I understand. He had fun with the whole Blankenship leading Pro Bowl voting and then ultimately not making the Pro Bowl at all. Yeah, he's, but uh, he's not a Pro Bowl player. Yeah, you could say it. Go ahead. Hey, say not, it with he's, your he's chest. Not a, he's not a great safety. He's no. A good, he's a good rotational piece. He's a good depth guy to have on an NFL team. He's not a starting safety, let alone your number one safety that you bought into going into this season. Something that I was disappointed with from the very beginning that they went read Blankenship and we'll find out in training camp who the second safety is. I, I still can't believe they did that. He might not even play Monday, by the way. He didn't practice yesterday with the groin injury. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't play, like, the, I, so Tyrone was bringing up putting Bradbury at safety. I don't know if you're going to make a move like that this late in the season. I mean, look, it's playoffs. You do anything. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like, you, you mentioned the, the veteran presence of this one. If there's anyone in that secondary that I would trust to make a move, like the, the move inside Bradbury, we talked about that. Well, against three. the Buccaneers. Yeah, week against, three. The, against the Buccaneers. Which like, I don't know if he's keeping up with Godwin at this point of the season. 
might be better to put him at safety. Like, yeah. like I, Tyron said, I was like, you know, I'm not. My brain didn't go to that immediately. So credit to him for thinking that way. I, I would all hands on deck with this one. Like, I would consider anything you have. I don't hate the idea, mostly because you're a little bit quicker out there with Ringo Bradbury. I'm not banking on staying with anyone and. Ultimately, if there's someone in that secondary I trust to make an adjustment and make something happen, it's not going to be, you know, moving Ricks. It's not going to be, you know, the, the other question you could do, Maddox. I know Maddox has done stuff at safety before. It's something that Pitt today uh, tried right. him at. You could try doing that. But now but, what are you going to do? So then you put him at safety, and now you have to play Roby back at slot, which he was okay at times during the season. Roby. He, he was not dressed just two weeks ago, so – Clear that tells you how they feel about him. Yeah, Roby, or, or again, what what do you do with Bradbury? I got that. That's it's a shuffling of the deck here that I know they're going to have to make if they don't have Blankenship. But it's going to be interesting to see the the answers they come up with. Because Bradbury, I mean, you had success with him. Again, you say can he stay with him in the slot right now? It's a fair question, right? But you have the the flexibility at least with Maddox, but. Do you trust Maddox is going to make it to a whole game? Not, not necessarily. Uh, by the way, sorry, I missed it. A.J. Brown, also second team. Oh, that's pro. Speaking of A.J. Brown, I just need to say don't worry. Because right away I got the, uh, the uh, mic tweeted me. At only fanatic. A.J. Brown has deleted his Twitter account, and he scrubbed all his Eagles-related posts from Instagram. This happens all the time. He said, here's the start of Brown being traded. This literally happens all the time. Kyler Murray did it this past offseason. Kyler Murray's still at the Arizona Cardinals. It happens all the time. Yeah, this is this. I mean, it's not great. I don't love the optics of it, but it happens all the time. Look, I know players are active on social media. They probably also have teams. So there's probably something going on. Like, I don't think A.J. Brown, the Friday going into a wild card game on Monday, is saying, oh, man, I'm not going to be here next year, so I'm just going to start deleting this stuff before the game on Monday. I don't think that's the case. All right, here's what we're going to do, because, you know, we we did the the talk stars for the hour, the 11 o'clock hour, so I'm going to reset the show coming up next. We also have Tim McManus coming up at 1230. So I'll take a couple of your calls before Tim at 610-632-0975. I'll remind you of everything that we've been talking about because it's been a busy day. The first hour of the show, we reacted to Nick Sirianni being so happy that Jalen Hurts is such a tough guy and for some reason allowing him to go back into a game with a dislocated finger. Jalen Hurts himself said it probably wasn't the right move to go back into the game. Jeff McClain reporting that Jeffrey Lurie has all of a sudden found himself more involved in player operations, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, which that may mean something for the job status of Nick Sirianni. Darius Slay spoke to the media yesterday that bothered me. Brian Baldinger was talking about how uh, predictable this offense is a lot that we went through in the first hour of the show. Then we did the talk stars. And now we're back with you at 610-632-0975. Tim McManus joins the show coming up at 1230 right here. 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. Backstagecountry.com. Your online home for all things country music. (laughs) Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. 
97.5 The Fanatic. It's 12.20. Midday show, 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Andrew Salchunas. Our 12 o'clock hour brought to us by Service First Heating and Air Conditioning. Get 0% financing for 72 months and a $500 rebate when you purchase a complete heating and cooling system from Service First. Learn more at servicefirsthvac.com. When we spoke with Jeff McLean earlier in the week, I asked him about the status of A.J. Brown. He was leaning toward, yes, he will play Monday. A.J. Brown did not participate in practice yesterday. I don't think, was he even there? I, did, I saw one report that he wasn't even there at practice yesterday, which is always terrifying. Oh, yeah, he's probably getting treatment somewhere. Yeah, they just didn't see him out there. Yeah. Uh, well, Tim McManus joins us coming up in 10 minutes, so I'll be able to get a you know an updated outlook on A.J. Brown. Also, Jalen Hurts, who Jalen Hurts barely threw the football yesterday. So John Clark... Let me pull up his Twitter account because he put out the uh, he he spoke with somebody inside the Eagles organization earlier today. Um, he was told that Jalen Hurts did not throw the ball much at all, if at all, yesterday Eagles practice. It's a tough injury. Hopefully, he'll be able to throw before heading to Tampa on on Sunday for the game on Monday. There is some hope AJ Brown will be at practice before making the trip. So there's a little bit of an update from John Clark. That A.J. Brown, they're hoping, will practice before the trip itself on Sunday. But also hoping that Jalen Hurts can throw a football. And that's something that we didn't really think much about. Like, I don't I don't remember a caller bringing it up except other than, ha-ha, maybe that's going to make them run the football more. We're, we're now at Friday, man. We're now at Friday. Get ready. It's Marcus Mariota and Kyle Trask. Monday night football yeah, of be, Super Wild Card Weekend. That would be, oh man, they would they would just eat that one up. ESPN would love it. Yeah, I mean, listen, these these two quarterbacks could be playing through pain to to get through this one. Yeah, Baker it's Mayfield. Not be Baker Mayfield's just banged up. Um, all right, so let's go back to the phones. But I do want to play. We'll play it in another couple of minutes. Jalen Hurts saying maybe it wasn't the smartest thing to go back out in the field. Oh, Nikki. Nikki, Nikki Sirianni. Come on, man. Let's go to Don in South Philly. Don, you're on the Fanatic. Yo, man. How are you guys doing today? I'm great, man. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, probably about the same as you. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, are you, am I excited about the game? Yeah, of course I am. But, I mean. You're excited I, Monday night at 8 o'clock. I don't think you're excited Friday, uh, you know, b- before the game. It doesn't even happen until Monday. I'm, I, right now, I'm, I'm still more concerned because, right. I, I mean, I mean, there's something. I mean, Goddard coming out and saying what he said, Goddard's not dumb. All right? I mean, he's not. He's a, he's a smart dude. For him to come out and say they've been looking ahead and for all this stuff. He, not only did he players, say that, he also said in that same clip of which may not be the best thing. So, like, clearly there's a feeling that that's the case and he wasn't happy about it. What's that? You're breaking up on me. No, so he also said in that same clip that that might not be the best thing. So clearly he's upset by it as well. And I wonder if that was a, you know, mentality from a couple of players across the locker room. And if that's the case, then the head coach has got to be on top of that. Well, I mean, from everything that's been coming out, you know, with the way this team is over the last like six weeks, it totally makes sense. I mean, it just does. I mean, AJ's ticked off about the play calling, although, you know, when he came out and had his little, you know, meeting with the media, you know, he, he did a decent job of, you know, of covering that up. But he still threw Sirianni under the bus uh, when that when they threw that bomb at the end of the game in Seattle. 
Um, and then you got Jalen Hurts, you know, the other day coming out and, and telling the press, you guys don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But you know, then, like, I, I didn't I didn't make much of that because he speaks just, I, I don't know, half the crap he's saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I, I hear you. I hear you. But, like, I mean, I, I called in last week and I said, or a couple, like, two, uh, right after the Seattle game, I told you guys. Yep. I thought, I mean, listen, in order to be a quarterback in the NFL, you have to have a massive ego. I don't care who you are. I'm, I, I've heard everything great about Jalen Hurts. Great guy, great teammate, yada, yada, yada. But I'm still wondering, did he use that Seattle game with the flu as an opportunity to have his moment, like Jordan or a walk-off home run like Bryce Harper did? I would rather him not do that in a regular season. I would rather him do that in a playoff game like a dislocated finger going into Tampa Bay, Don. I appreciate the call. I'd rather this be the the Jalen game. All right? Even though he had a... Super Bowl where he had a banged up shoulder and played his ass off. I, I, I remember saying this to you on the air. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I'm starting to believe it. I think we need to go back to uh, doubting Jalen Hurts and, and, like, hating in air quotes because he was great when he had the, the sweatshirt. The uh, well, keep Was it keep doubting? Is that what the sweatshirt was? Yeah, something. It's like a yellow sweatshirt yeah. and it said, keep doubting. You know, he was playing at his best. Now all of a sudden everybody's got his back and it's going downhill a little bit. Everybody. Everybody have his back. A lot of, well, a lot of people were waiting for the moment that it didn't go well to complete. Correct. To, to switch Correct. sides. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. They're, they're, they're still out there. They're still yeah, out they're, there. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, there it is. God bless whoever hating on me. Thank, thank you, Silvana. Uh, thank you. That's I I forgot what it was. I remember the sweatshirt. I forgot what it had on it. It was amazing. Let's go to Rick and Easton. Rick, you're on the fanatic. This falls under keep your friends close and your enemies closer. We all talked the last week about this whole before the game on how bad Tampa Bay is. If there's a talk show in Tampa Bay, can you hear them laughing? What their confidence level must be. We're going to play the Eagles, who can't beat the Cardinals and the Giants, and have lost themselves. The coach has lost the team. How much confidence do you think Tampa Bay is going to have? Oh, they're probably they probably happy that they got a draw where they've they're facing a team that's going in ice cold. Now I got to ask you, Rick. You all right? You're breathing heavily. You well, I'm on my Peloton. That's oh, nice, man. No. I told the producer, she's such a sweetheart. I always do. Sylvana. I'm always doing paperwork and on my Peloton because I can, I, I, it's okay to be on hold for an hour and a half. But you guys get me on so quick, so I haven't really gotten my breath back. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what's, your, yeah, what's, the, what's the resistance at right now? Where's your cadence, well, I Rick? It. I switch it back and forth when you go up hills and downhills and you have to, you have to relax. Oh, I have, have one. I know. I'm asking where are you at right now. Oh, God. I'm, right now I'm at 73% going up the hill. So uh, that's pretty, good. Are you in first I, position, I second I position, or third position? I cut it off to talk to you. So that's, a, that's the issue I have. Now, listen, as far as bringing Sirianni back, and we've talked about this before, this city is very unique to Los Angeles, Boston, St. Louis, New York, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, and even Tampa Bay. Those are cities that have more championships. Yeah, we talked about this earlier this week. It's yeah. like Sirianni can't stay because if he progressed, 
if he made the playoffs his first year and then got to the NFC Championship game the second year and lost, and then he lost again. Now, he's, he's getting better and better. But when you take such a big step backwards, he only has a two-year window left since they're so bad they have to change head coaches after this season because if not, we're looking at a two to eight start next year. We can't keep Sirianni. He lost the team. How do you not see that? Well, I mean, I I think I see it. And thanks for the call, Rick. I just we don't know the full story yet. You know when we'll know that he lost the locker room when he's fired. If he is not fired then he did not lose the locker room. If he is not fired, then the players had his back when they spoke with Jeffrey Lurie, when they spoke with Howie Roseman. We heard Bob Cooney say it this past hour when he joined us, when you know we had the talk stars, which you'll be able to hear again this weekend, by the way. It'll re-air at some point on Sunday. Not sure yet then, when yet. Um, but, you know, Bob pointed out, you know, what Jeffrey Lurie might be doing right now, walking around Novacare more than he normally does, Maybe he's pulling players aside, like some of those vets. You know, maybe not so much uh, you know, Jalen Carter or Nolan Smith, but Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and seeing where Nick Sirianni's at. So that's when we'll find out if he lost the rock locker room, is the decision to keep him or to fire him. Do I think it's going downhill right now? I do. I really do. All right, you can climb in at 610-632-0975. On this football Friday, football Fridays at 1230 also means another thing. I get to be joined by one of my favorite reporters from ESPN.com, the great Tim McManus on the Comcast Business Hotline. Tim, what's up, man? Happy Friday. Andrew, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm getting set for Monday. Just sucks that we have to wait until Monday, honestly. Uh, But it's also nice that I guess I get to just watch football without pain and suffering for two days this weekend. So that's kind of cool. There you go. Yeah, and you get to watch that frigid game out in Kansas City. Yeah, and be in my warm house under a blanket with my dog on my lap, keeping me warm, and I'm going, ha, huh, I don't have to be out there. Uh, Tim, first things first, before we you know dive into the game and we dive into our weekly vibe check, can you give us any sort of update on some of the players that are banged up right now? I know A.J. Brown not at practice. Uh, Reed Blankenship was not at practice yesterday. And, of course, Jalen Hurts barely throwing with the glove on his hand. Yeah, I mean, let's start with the quarterback, most important position in football. And he obviously dislocated that middle finger on his throwing hand against the Giants. He acknowledged yesterday, Andrew, that Mm -hmm. the finger was hurting him more after the next day than it did actually during the game. And he had said that he hadn't thrown up until yesterday, um, you know, since he injured that finger. And when we saw him, so we're only out there for about, it was about five, 10 minutes during their, their initial warmups and some of their individual drills. And we only saw Hertz really throw what I caught was just like one very short pass to the fellow quarterback, Marcus Mariota, when they were going through their ball security drill. So he wasn't being asked at least in, in that moment while we were out there to do a whole lot. And he was officially listed as a limited participant. But as you said, he did have a glove on his hand. That's unusual for him. And um, it's obviously something that's go. I mean, know a dislocated finger it's not just going to to heal magically but he said that it's trending in the in the right direction the expectation is that he plays and there's you know it's the question of just all right well how well does he function as he's you know both receiving the ball and then also throwing it right like receiving it from the center right and and also throwing it downfield so uh aj brown was 
the, the other noticeable. Uh, he was in absence yesterday. He's been dealing with that knee injury that he also suffered against New York. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that all of these guys are going to end up playing. Like Devontae Smith was on the field. He said, count me in. Darius Slay uh, told me he feels a thousand times better than he did pre-surgery. So that's an encouraging thing. He expects to be on there. Reed Blankenship was not on the field. We're going to have to monitor. It's a groin. We know that's tricky. Um, you know, but I think they're obviously going to do everything they can to get as many hands on deck as possible for this playoff game in Tampa. So if Reed Blankenship doesn't go, what does Matt Patricia, your real defensive coordinator, do at safety? Because you're already out a couple of players and, you know, now all of a sudden your, your depth chart is pretty pretty bare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all the more incentive to try to get him up and going. And they've been, you know, utilizing Tristan McCollum. So that's, that's an option, but to your point, you know, especially under Patricia, they've been using a, a decent amount of three safety luck. Right. He had, he had gravitated towards, towards that look a, a decent amount. And now they just don't have the horses there. And so, you know, does that mean that you're running more linebackers on the field? Does that mean that you have more, you know, uh, you know corners? It's just, it's not. It's not obviously an ideal situation for a defense that's, as we know, has has been uh, having its share of struggles. So, what's the deal with AJ Brown? Not at practice. Uh, I had Jeff McLean on earlier this week. He was leaning toward AJ Brown being available for Monday night. Would love to get your feel on that now that it's Friday. Uh, and also recently scrubbed his Instagram of all Eagles related stuff. Tim, what could that mean? Oh, jeez. No, I, I, you know, I, I feel like he is kind of hot and cold with social media. Like they're, he'll, right. he'll be on it, and then, and then he just finds like, okay, it's it's too much, and I'm getting involved with you know, and and people's mentions and all that kind of stuff. And he's just like, all right, I'm just done with it for a while. So I don't read too much into it. Then, you know, these these guys are trying to get laser focused. I mean, they have they have one game that's guaranteed to them. That's Monday night. And I feel like they're all trying to lock in in that respect. That's how that's how I read that. Uh, as far as his availability, like that's the way that I'm thinking uh, without knowing fully is that, you know, my expectation is that he'll he'll be out there. Like we just know he's we know he's a gamer. Uh, you know, the indications, at least looking at him post game, he wasn't in any kind of brace. He was he was, you know, walking and, and greeting his teammates at the at the locker stall. Um, you know, it didn't scream like significant injury relative to what we see in, in other circumstances. And so, you know, that's my expectation until proven differently. Now, before we get to the conversation about the coach and his job status and his job security, Tim, when we play, I played it earlier, Hertz's explanation or Hertz talking about the dislocated finger. And now looking back at it, he believes it may not have been the best idea to go back out there. Yesterday's press conference uh, with Nick Sirianni, he was speaking glowingly. Like, you could hear the smile through my headphones about, man, Jalen Hurts is tough. You know, I'm not going to be able to keep him out of a ball game. If you're the head coach of the football team, and I know there was still the chance of going up to the second round, of the, uh, getting up to the two seed, man, don't you have to put Hurts back on the bench? He dislocated well, his finger on his throwing hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know. In, in hindsight, that would probably would have been the uh, the better move. And Hertz said that it wasn't the best idea for him to go back in there, uh, given that he wasn't able to control things the way that he wanted to. And it was a semi-dramatic scene in the Meadowlands as, as Hertz comes off with with that finger that was clearly out of place. Very noticeable. Yes, 
and then he goes into the medical tent and then he goes to the sideline. He tries to throw and Sirianni stops what he's doing and stands right next to Jalen and he's watching the whole time. And, and by Sirianni's words, you know, Jalen told him I'm, I'm going. And um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a tricky line when you have a quarterback determined right. to go back in, feels like he's good enough to do it. You kind of roll with it, but there, there is a level of responsibility that falls on, on the higher ups and situations to make sure that that players aren't, um, you know, going to hurt themselves further. So I, I see your point. And I think if everybody had to do it again, maybe they'd rethink that. Now let's talk about Sirianni. How important is Monday night for him and his future here in Philadelphia? Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously the question that everybody wants to know the answer that everybody wants to know. Um, you know, in all truthfulness, the, the only person who, who knows that is, is Lori. Uh, you know, what's going on in Lori's brain is the, is the $10 million question. Mm-hmm. Like when he looks out and he sees that uh, the product has taken a nosedive, how much does he believe, one, that's, that's Sirianni's responsibility, and two, like whether it's fixable long term? Like I think that's really the answer because – you know, there's there's conflicting things going on. You know, one in, in one sense, you know, this is a coach that has put together a really strong record in the three years that he's been here. He's right. gotten them to three playoff appearances in three years, yep. and they're in a Super Bowl last year, and they and they ended up winning eleven games. And so, typically, that suggests that a coach will be safe. Um, we also know that this is a roster that was loaded with talent. There's a lot of expectation. And it's not just that they, uh, it's not just that they stumbled. It's like they're, it, it seems like it's in a tailspin. Right. And so it's, it's about making sense of that. Um, if they are able to course correct against Tampa and sort of refine their, their feet. And then they, they start going on a little bit of a run. Like it feels to me like it's, it's no longer going to be a conversation, but if they end up not having a good showing in Tampa, then what will that look like? Um, so that, those are the questions out there. I mean, um, so I, I don't know that you can discount any scenario, um, especially depending on, on how, how Lori is viewing. All right, let's the long-term prognosis of Jalen hurts. Like what is best for him? You know, is this, is this fixable? Is this a blip and how, whatever conclusions he comes to will end up determining the, the path that the Eagles go in. How would you feel covering Bill Belichick? I mean, I wouldn't like the press conference. <laughs> of course not. Would, would Howie go for that? Probably we, not. Yeah. I mean, it's it would be it's it would be obviously fascinating to to cover to cover all that. I mean, but we also know that the way that they have it structured now, which is Roseman uh, with a a lot of the sway, and it's worked really well for them. And so, and if that totally gets changed, is that something that? they would be on board with. I mean, so those are all the things that you have. Right now, it's just kind of conversation. Right now, Sirianni's the coach, uh, but obviously when somebody as, as big as Belichick is out there and there is some like a level of un, unsettling here in, in Philly, then those questions are going to be entertained. But that's all they are right now. It's just kind of questions to entertain. All right, last thing before I let you go, because I'll get your prediction on Monday during the pregame show. The weekly vibe check. It's been a roller coaster. Some weeks it's been high. Some weeks it's been uh, at the bottom and maybe not even operating anymore. Where are we at going into the playoff game? I've heard a lot of players talking about flipping the switch. So where are we at with the weekly vibe check, Tim McManus? I would say all business would be the the vibe that I'm getting from this group right now. Devontae Smith 
highlighting that basically saying like, I don't have a pep talk for you guys. Like, you know, we're going to go on the field and we're going to see what happens. And then Brandon Graham, not really as, uh, as jovial as normal. Um, he was saying how he's, he's saving as much of his energy as he can for, for going out there. But the, but I think the tone has been getting back to their identity, getting back to who they are um, and taking, taking that approach on Monday night and just kind of letting it fall where it may. There's been a decent amount of talk about, you know, the physical element and where the strength of this team lies is along the, in the trenches, along the offensive and the, the defensive fronts and, and utilizing those strengths in a, in a big moment where you really need a game. And so that's kind of been the focus. Uh, there hasn't been any, to this point, bold predictions about massive turnarounds or anything like that. There's, there's hope that that happens, but I think everybody recognizes at this point, like there's been a lot of talk. And uh, the results haven't really followed. And so it just seems like they're staying buttoned up. They're staying focused on the task at hand. I think they're going to try to simplify some things on the defensive end so they can, so they can uh, you know, fly to the ball a little bit more and be confused a little bit less and kind of see where that leads them. Now, maybe the best thing for the Eagles collapse and falling to the fifth seed is that you get to travel to Tampa Bay and escape the cold here in the great Northeast, Tim. <laughs> It will be. It will be nice. It, it will be better than Kansas City. I'll yeah, think. yeah, absolutely. Tim, thanks as always, man. I appreciate. It. It's been a lot of fun talking to you throughout the regular season, uh, and now I'll be talking to you Monday night for the uh, for the postseason when the Eagles take on the Buccaneers. Safe travels down to Tampa. All right, brother. Can't wait. There yeah. he is, Tim McManus on the Comcast Business Hotline from ESPN.com. All business, Ray. In the vibe, they need a Garrett Stubbs. I think maybe they, that's what they this need. A lot more than a Garrett <laughs> Stubbs. That might be what this team's missing. They need a stubs. They need a dancing on my own. They need a, they need a song. They, they need a lot more than they can't a song. Do, they can't do dreams and nightmares again. They can't. This team can't. I, they did it earlier this year. This season's been dreams and nightmares. Yes. Ten and one. No, no. Five of six. Nightmares. Period. At this point. Well, even it was when dreams at first. We no, had dreams of something great. Even, even we when they were winning. Even when they were winning, everybody was nervous because every game was close. This team needs a lot. I, I I don't think it's Garrett Stubbs or a song. The vibes. Oh man, business trip. Business. Who's who, who's been excited for one of those? I have been. PhillySportsTrips dot com. Yeah, that's a Philly sports trip. That's not a business trip. The number to climb in is at six one zero six three two zero nine seven five. Going to reset everything that we've had today. And by the way, some potential major news in football. In terms of one of these playoff teams. Wow. Was not expecting this. I'll tell you what next. Right here, 97.5 The Fanatic. 97.5 The Fanatic. 1251, 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Andrew Salchun. It's the midday show. About a little over an hour left before we get the best show ever. You already heard Tyrone and Ricky on with me for the 11 o'clock hour, as well as John Kincaid and Bob Cooney, the uh, the talk stars. So that will be podcasted on 97.5thefanatic.com. I also believe it's re-airing at some point on Sunday. I don't know what time yet. I don't know if uh, the schedule behind you uh, tells you that, Ray. I would just like to let the people know uh, that it is scheduled to re-air at some point Saturday or Sunday. Okay. Nope. Uh, um, major NFL news. Mark Andrews back at practice for the Baltimore Ravens, which I thought he was done for the year, which obviously he was done for the regular season. He's, he's back at practice and, and might be ready to go uh, for the Ravens. 
obviously they had the bye week because they finished as the top seed in the AFC. So maybe he might be ready to go for the second round of the playoffs, which is which is amazing for them. All that talk about Zach Ertz and where he should go, he didn't, he didn't end up going anywhere, which is a shame for him. Uh, by the way, the talk stars will re-air 12 o'clock noon on Sunday. I appreciate that. Guys, we need to uh, calm down for a second with this A.J. Brown social media stuff. We need to calm down. Like, I know it sucks right now, and things haven't been good, and A.J. Brown has seemed frustrated, and the team is spiraling out of control. You need to just calm down. I want to thank our man Alfie, because Alfie pointed this out, and Bede scrubbed his account a couple of years ago. And he scrubbed his account for what? To launch his Under Armour. It was the Under Armour shoes. So just take a deep breath. It may mean something. It may also not. Like sometimes I have this conversation with, with people close to me that have, you know, that, that are anxious about things, right? And they always expect the worst. Like, well, what if it doesn't? Like think about the other. And I, that might not be the best plan of attack, but, you know, we're jumping to a conclusion that we know nothing about. When I saw the A.J. Brown Twitter thing, it was earlier in the show. I didn't even think about bringing it up. But Mike, uh, our, the, our man only fanatic, he first tweets at me saying, here's the start of Brown being traded, to which I respond with, don't worry, this happens all the time. He followed up with, I know, but if the Eagles fail Monday, do you think they do a total overhaul and rebuild Maybe trade Brown, make Smith the number one and start over. Maybe. Or they trade Devontae Smith, whose contract is going to be up soon. And they try to get another play. Like, maybe. You're not about to all of a sudden trade. Like, I don't think that's why A.J. Brown is scrubbing anything. Anthony Milanese checks in. The fact that it's Friday and we haven't heard even a peep with the results of the MRI infuriates me. And then this happens. Got a feeling he called his agent and said, trade me. A.J. Brown will be on another team come training camp. He'll be on the sideline on Monday. He might not play Monday. I, we don't know. I don't think he... I, 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 how, how are we reaching this conclusion, Ray? Obviously, it's with a lot of detailed reporting, a lot of thorough thought process by, by everyone out there right now. That's, that's how we got here. It's definitely not people taking one action on social media and just accepting it as their reality. As, oh, that's it. It's over. It's almost the reverse of what we've talked about with this team over the last couple of weeks. We've tried any, every little thing to get ourselves into it. This is the opposite. We're every little thing now for some people. It's just that. That's yep. it. It's, it's over. over. It's over. Forget we're going to trade AJ Brown. He's going to demand a release or whatever. Like when I tell you, I have the smallest amount of concern that I could possibly have about AJ Brown scrubbing his social media account. I have the smallest amount. Can't go next to nothing. I can't go nothing. Fine. You worried about it? Fine. But I think we're spiraling out of control. Uh, Andrew DeCecco, who you hear on the John Kincaid show often. So he put out a tweet, his opinion on the Reed Blankenship situation, if he can't go. Uh, There's Tristan McCollum, who we saw him play actually last week against the Giants once they started sitting everybody. Forgot uh, Makai Garner's on this team. He mentions Josiah Scott, who has played safety for the Eagles in the past. But his answer would be Josh Job. He believes that Job's skill set translates most favorably to safety. 
even though he hasn't had any reps there. Uh, look, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if the defense can get any better or worse. With all due respect to Reed. Uh, uh, uh. Don't say this can't get any worse. Yeah, yeah that's right. We you were sound like a lot of that's people right. we when said Patricia that earlier took this year. over. That's right. Um, man, we got all of a sudden all kinds of stuff is flying off the shelves. Uh, Jordan Hicks signing with the San Francisco Giants on a four-year, $44 million contract. I know a lot of people wanted Hicks coming here to Philadelphia. This per Jeff Passan. Uh, so a quick little baseball Yeah, update. I'm really interested because they said that it's going to work as a starter. Which yeah. is uh And Gabe's not even there anymore, so that's even more interesting. Right. I could see Gabe wanting to do that. Well, yeah, what does a starter really mean to Gabe Kapler? He got right, to exactly. get as freaky as he wanted to last year in, in San Francisco. Well, honestly, over the last couple of years in San Francisco, yeah. he got as freaky as he wanted. But no Jordan Hicks to uh, to the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, let's... let's um, Oh, before I reset the show, there is one other thing that you sent me earlier. I'm sorry I haven't gotten to it yet. From Josina Anderson. I think you were busy doing the talk stars. So. No, no, no. You sent it to me at 1213. It was right when we went to commercial mm, break. We came back from the talk And then I ignored it. Yeah. That's fine. Josina Anderson. So do you remember there was a tweet that she, I want to try to find the tweet. She put out something that was very vague the other day. Um... Where was it? I'm trying to find it on the flyer because it was very like a something might end up happening. I'm not 100% sure yet. And then, of course, there were reporters that didn't like the wording of the Here tweet. Here we go. Got I got it? it. Yeah. Change is circling the NFC East. One potential move would be unexpected. Unexpected. So, like, we knew Ron Rivera was getting fired. Right? So, it wasn't that. So what's the unexpected move? This was her. When did she tweet this out? It was earlier in the week, right? I know. This was New Year's Day. So this is the oh, day wow. after the Cardinals. Okay, this was a while ago. Yeah. All right. So what was the, what would be unexpected? Unexpected. At that time, Nick Sirianni, uh, Mike McCarthy, potentially winning the division. He could be fired. I, I don't know what Dable's job status is in New York. I, I, I think they made a mistake re-signing Daniel Jones. Maybe they give him a chance with a new quarterback because they're going to have a higher draft pick. You know, I don't know. Is Dable an unexpected firing? They haven't been good under him. Yeah, but at this point, I think we would have would have been gone at this point. Yeah, that's right. Especially considering I think Martindale left because of disputes between the two. And I don't know if she's going unexpected in terms of Wink Martindale. I would imagine it's something bigger. So here's the tweet that she put out today. The outcome of the Cowboys and Eagles playoff games this week in the NFC East may have a lot riding on them. Josina Anderson is told that Philadelphia at this time is already considering some staff changes after the season, particularly on the defensive side per league source, which, yeah. To the people outside of Philadelphia, whoa. To the people inside of Philadelphia, no duh. Yeah, no duh. She continues, as for Dallas and whether a major change could still happen there, especially if the Cowboys suffered an early exit, which is this round or the divisional round, a league source with knowledge told me today anything can still happen. And that was said with all due respect given to Mike McCarthy. Now, that's an important line. Bill Belichick's available. We're talking about, you know, 
if if they have doubt in Sirianni, would you make the move for Bill Belichick? I know you personally wouldn't. If they have doubt in Mike McCarthy, which I'm pretty sure they already had doubt in Mike McCarthy last year, like good for them, they had a good season this year. And as we talked about during the talk stars, Jerry Jones sees a big flashy name out there. I wonder if it's more so Dallas that Belichick would go to than Philadelphia at this point. Even though it would make sense for him to come here. Like him personally. Say what you want, but him personally, why wouldn't you want to come here? Why wouldn't you want to go to either situation? Right. Like, no, no, no. I mean, he, like, Dallas is a good situation too if you're a good head coach. Yeah, like if if it's going to come down to organizational relationships, it's going to come down to, you know, like, like I think the thing stepping in the way and taking my thought process on the matter out of it, the thing that would get in the way, Cowboys, do you believe that you'll be able to function within an organization with Jerry Jones? And right. Philadelphia, how do they clear the landing space between you and Howie Roseman? To you which know? Tim McManus, when I had him on just 30 minutes ago, wasn't really keen on the idea of the two of them working well. Right. And it, But if you clear out, like, okay, so you, you really walk down this path. You walk down this path to the point where Lurie... And Belichick are in the room. And I imagine at this point, Roseman's in the room. Like, yeah, I can't, yeah, can't imagine. Yeah, I think Like, so. how do you dance around the topic of, you know, control? You can't. So do those two have it out in the meeting? Where, where's the agreement? Like, we're not going to send you to the closet all the way on the other side of the right, they building they that they did that. during Chip. But Je- Jeffrey probably would also allow that. I don't know why he allowed it with Chip, but he wouldn't allow it now. I mean, their relationship's much different. So does that make this entire conversation totally far-fetched? Like, is it, like, how do you clear the space for him to get in here while also appeasing Howie? I don't think you can. Right. So if you, like, let's take Howie out of that room. Lori decides, you know what? I'm a New England-based guy. You know, I had interest in the Patriots at one point. Let, let me give a call up to New England. You know, let, let's, let's just see what Belichick's deal is. Let me have the conversation without Howie a part of it. How does Bill Belichick... And Jeffrey Lurie come to a place with an understanding where, hey, you go take care of your guy, get him out of the way. I'll come here and I'll take over. And what's now with Jeffrey Lurie taking interest in the football operation? And I think it's really an interest in football operations because of what's going wrong. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Think, I don't it's, think Jeffrey Lurie's trying to be Jerry Jones. I no. think he's going, all right, this is terrible. Let me try to be a part of this now. But they would have to, they're going to reshape. You bring in Bill Belichick, you're reshaping organizationally. Everything that happens across football operations, which you could argue with the shortcomings we've seen post-Super Bowl runs, it's worth taking a look at what's happened. Because to Bill Belichick's credit, he did maintain a dynasty. He did. Part of of maintaining is a quarterback at an affordable salary because you can, you know, invest in TB12 instead of paying him the contract he deserves. Right. It's, It's not, again, it's not unrealistic it's just interesting the way she worded the tweet about something unexpected is going to happen and then she tweets out today that this weekend's games will mean a lot for stuff with both teams and we know win or lose monday we're expecting defensive changes right like i don't think joe cena anderson's you know dropping a bombshell on us that they might change some stuff up with the defense again i think of her audience as the other 31 fan bases as well like someone, someone that's a casual that's football true. fan right. is like, "Oh, Matt Patricia's running the show now in Philadelphia. Yeah, They're going to change get fired things now." Yeah, it's like, wait, 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 what? And it's like, okay, you haven't been paying attention. It's so been pretty bad. It's, it's been it's, it's been worse. bad. But yeah. 
Like, I just think of the casual, oh, I flip all the football. Whoa, Josiah Anderson saying they're changing things defensively in Philadelphia. Like, and I think there's people that don't live it day to day that don't find that right. find That's it. Point. That's a good. To point. us, like it's it's okay. Yeah, thanks, Justina. We appreciate that. Like, what more can you tell us about right. the staff changes? How much deeper can you go into this? I think the expectation and the fact that that's at least reported out there instead of assumed. Like, I think we've all assumed it. Like, yeah, but now, with now way, it looks like it's something's happening. Yeah, with the if way the Eagles lose on Monday, the beats have come into the defense of Desai. Over the last couple of weeks, like I just had the discussion of Desai. It's quite clear that I think they all realize they all know that he's going. Yeah, he's not going to be back. Right. He, the second they demote him, he's, right. not, you he's can't, not coming back. You can't year. bring him back at all. Man, I'll be I mean, pride would make me. I would quit. Yes. Yeah, Listen, there, there's you know. no way you were making that work again. But no. but to be very clear, like for it to be said out there, to be put out there, versus all of us with the assumption of okay, this is how it works in this league. I guess is the next step before it actually goes down. Like if we're walking down the step, the path of how it happens, he right. gets demoted. We all accept that as reality. Then everybody begins to say, wow, you know, decide might, his career might have favors going down the line. That's the suggestion of, okay, it's definitely not going to be here. And now it's just Josie Anderson point blank saying, and she's not the first to say there's changes coming to the defensive side, but we've seen now over the last week or two. Yeah, where we've, we've all been suggesting we've all we been accepted kind of, that reality. Yeah, we've been waiting ago. for it for a while now. Yeah. Um, I want to replay the Jeff McClain, speaking of Jeffrey Lurie, in, in case you're just tuning in. So Jeff Jeff McClain, you want to talk about bombshell. Like, to me, this is this means change is coming. So Jeff McClain has his podcast, Uncovering the Birds. And it, I, I'm guessing this was like the beginning of the podcast where he's setting up like what they're going to talk about on the podcast. And take a listen, especially toward the end, what he has to say about Jeffrey Lurie. One of the main questions about the Eagles these days, inside and outside the Novacare complex, has suddenly become whether or not Nick Sirianni will survive his team's end of the regular season collapse and whether Monday night's game at Tampa will be a referendum on Sirianni and his ability to lead the football team. We're recording this episode two days after the Eagles' deflating loss to the Giants in the season finale. Inside Novacare, Sirianni, his staff, the players, Jeffrey Lurie, and management are all focused on one thing, beating the Buccaneers. But this is what I've been hearing the last few weeks as the Eagles' slide got worse. Lurie is taking a more active interest in football operations. What that means for Nick Sirianni's future is still too early to tell. Lurie is an involved owner, but he's typically more of the asking questions type than the meddling kind. But when he sees fit, he will assert his authority. So he says this doesn't mean necessarily anything for Sirianni's future, but I'll say this. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. Where a guy all of a sudden, when the team is spiraling out of control, is deciding, you know what? I think I need to get involved here, which is what good bosses do, I would imagine, or good owners do when there's a, a branch that's not working very well. They want to try to do whatever they can to help that branch to, to make sales. Think of it outside of sports for a second. But this is sports, and this is a guy who's not necessarily known for his football intellect he might know a lot of football because he literally owns a team and watches it every single week but you get what i'm saying talk about you know film study yeah you want to talk about it we've mentioned the word tense a lot with this oh, locker room. Yeah. like i can only imagine the boss showing up more walking around the halls a little That's bit more thing. starting to pull you know question a little bit more there's one thing like you know uh seeing your your program director walk around hey whatever what's up man but then there's the boss above, and you see him walk around. And you go, 
Hey, man. How you doing? It's good to see you. You know, it. it is. I mean, that's real life. Very real life. You know, I remember, I'll take, I'll, I'll even go not even in my radio career. When I used to work at a pool store in, uh, in South Jersey, I will not name said pool store. Man, was there some bad things going on there. I had a manager. He was great. He was a good dude. And then the owner comes in there once in a while, and everybody's on the, you know, you're, you're tucking in that, that blue-colored collared shirt, right, and your khaki pants, right, sitting up straight. I look back, I go, that was a freaking pool store. But imagine the billion-dollar owner of a football team walking around the locker room, walking around the film room. Yeah, it's probably going to lead to a, a little bit of a, a tense atmosphere. Yeah, to follow up on your example, I'll go out of radio as well. Working in pizza, owner of the place comes in. Every little thing that you you do, yeah. make sure it's better right. button up. Or oh, pull someone aside. Why are they talking? Who are they talking about? What are they talking about? What's going on there? What does that mean for the rest of us? What does that mean for? Are they asking about the guy in charge here? You know, you you run through button up, man. You observe things. Did you ever steal anything from where you worked? I mean. I ate probably way more than no, but you are you like when you were done? Did you bring something home with like you? food home? No, I'm saying like when you left your job, like so. One of my big jobs at the uh, the pool store that I used to work at was like the inventory in the in the back building that had no ventilation in the middle of the summer, right? Nice. And so I had to open up a lot of boxes, and they had a box cutter. I when I was done, I took the box cutter with me as like a keepsake. It's in my toolbox at home. I still use it to this day. Like, did you take a pizza cutter home with you? No. No? No, I never thought to take the pizza cutter home. When I used to work at the Bees, eating good in the neighborhood, I took, I took home a steak knife with me when I was done. Just a keepsake. Yeah, no, I never really thought that much. I, I mean, I took, yeah, I probably took way too much of my fair share of food. But Yeah, I mean, I did that. Yeah, I just thought that was standard. No, I never really thought to take, I still go to the place that I worked at okay. consistently. So, you know, that's not the keepsake. There's a place... That closed near me that I'm still owed. People took stuff for me because I loved eating at that place so much uh, that I need to pick up at some point. Oh, okay. but, yeah. But no, I wanted I wanted a keepsake from there. So it was okay. more maybe places I've been at instead of places I've worked at. So the work memory, eh, I've got enough. Yeah, I mean, look, they gave me enough to think about. Keepsake, a box cutter, and a steak knife. You know where they are? Yes. Toolbox and drawer. Oh, yeah, he's just said that. Sorry. I told you this. I, I'm not a, you know, it's not in Cooper's play area. Well, I, I wasn't assuming it was there. Listen, I could have Man, all the questions course, I want about it. I know where these things are. Anyways. Jeez. All right, we just got one. assume it's a, you think I'm processing, well, he's probably giving it to Coop. Look one, at this. We got Look one segment to left. Do. We got one segment left. We're going to do our picks at 1.30. We might do it a little bit earlier because I want to run through the gamut of the NFL playoff bracket. And I'm going to see where we are, uh, you know, in lockstep. And I'm going to see where we disagree. And then come the end of the playoffs, we'll see who ended up doing better. Sound good, Raymond? Fantastic. This could be for a whole bag of coffees. So. Wow. Bag of coffee. How's that? Sounds great to me. Because I did not do well in the individual no. coffee bets this year. 97.5 The Fanatic. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. 
Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. The Fanatic. 120, 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Andrew Salchunas, The Midday Show. Big news uh, for the NFL. Earlier, it was Mark Andrews being back for the Baltimore Ravens. Let me just... Oh, come on, man. Never mind. Come on, man. I just saw something from... Uh, I won't say who, locally... Uh, quote tweeting something that is not real. And I was like, because it's kind of been rumored, and now I yeah, I didn't get, it. I didn't, I didn't bite it, right? Ah. I grazed by it, I grazed by it, but I did not take the bait. Just a grazing, mm. you know. I, I, have you ever fished before? Quite a lot. Every once in a while, you get a nibble, and you start reeling. It goes off the line. I may have taken a nibble. But I, I didn't, it's not a full bite. I'm trying to wonder if you're the fish or the fisherman in this I'm the f- metaphor. I'm the fish because there was bait out there. I see. And I went after it, but I didn't read it. I caught myself. Don't you worry. I caught myself. Okay. Well, today at middays, we're close to reading you the fake news of the day. Can we at least know who it was about? Uh, sure. There was a uh, fake report about uh, Caleb Williams um, telling people that he didn't want to go to Chicago Bears. Oh, that's fine. Which kind of has been like, people were saying that. Like, right. Yeah, but no. no I, I didn't jump on it. I didn't jump you were on close. it. You were close. I was close. Close. I was close. I was worried. One o'clock hour brought to us by Ferguson HVAC Line Conklin. Attention HVAC contractors for equipment, parts, supplies for overheating and cooling jobs. One of Ferguson's counter locations have been Salem, King of Prussia, Pensacola, or Westchester today. It's been a long week, man. It's been a long week of talking about frustration and the demise of the Eagles before a playoff game. Eagles play Monday night. We're going to give our picks on the weekends coming up, and we're also going to go through the NFL playoff bracket. Ray and I will go head-to-head as the playoffs continue throughout the month of January and into the Super Bowl in February, and we'll find out who had the better bracket. But let's go to the phones first, get to a couple of calls. Let's first start off with Uncle Frank. Hello, Uncle Frank. Happy Football Friday, friends. Mr. Frank, how you doing? Good, buddy. You? I'm great. I'm great. I I, I mean, I just, I want the Eagles to win and make me happy again. Absolutely. Listen, I wait, you know, if I get out of bed, I'm great. Exactly. Um, Now, I shall be brief. I wasn't going to call in today, but based on yesterday's comments that I'm off this year, look, and I'm going to get to an Eagles. I know you guys have lofty expectations of me, but I have so many quirks going on, you know, the six inches between my ears, ADD, OCD, ADH. You can make up any acronym I have it. So it's harder for me to stay on point, you know? I understand. But but you're having a a fall off here so far. I mean, it's only... (laughs) Look, it's only January twelfth. Like you have time to, you know, change things. My shoulders are around. I but but as I told, as I said, after you hung up yesterday, you're already starting to get the hate. But that's because that's what happens with greatness. When you have a, well, a yeah. good year, when you win MVP, everybody's down to try to bring you down afterward. No, 
policy is a funny thing, guys. And you know what? Our damn Eagles head coach, man, is where I, I. Oh, my God, dude. Everything. His press conferences have become unbearable. And I play it because right. I'm hoping I'm going to get something out of it. He was asked no. about the offensive line the other day, and he answered a question. He he spoke for three minutes and never answered the question. Oh, my God. He goes he goes off rails. It was a good he question, goes, too, about the offensive line, how they graded out this year, exactly. and do you think they, you, that you utilize them enough? And then he just spoke about everything under God's you know, son and didn't, didn't, didn't even answer anything. the question. Didn't get anything out of him. You should land Jeff McClain your zapper. So he can just. So, in closing, I think the season ends Monday night, unfortunately. Since huh. now that Lurie's being more meddling, along with all the other peripheral nonsense, I don't know, man. I don't know how they dig out of it. But listen, thanks, guys. Enjoy Wild Card Week. Uh, he's, he's trying to bounce back. It's a good call, Uncle Frey. He's trying to bounce back. You notice he, when he ended himself, He's trying to get. He's trying to bounce back. We'll see if the line moves. Our man Ray and Dover was on on earlier, and he he hung up because you know we didn't take a call during the talk stars, and I was disappointed that I didn't get to him in the twelve o'clock hour because Ray and Dover he's he's the front runner so far, doing really well. He's doing great. I mean, you know, because he's been like a breath of fresh air now, through all the doom and gloom. To Ray, I want to point this out. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts was at one point the front runner for MVP this season, yeah. so you got to keep this up. Oh, no, absolutely. And if the Eagles lose, like, I, I, he can't call in with the whole, we'll be fine next year. Like, no, like, you know, I'll have to, right now well, he's. I don't, think, I don't think we need it. If he, if he presents a, a solid argument, well, yeah, we'll listen argument. to it. Yeah. So far, so far, I won't he's, agree, he's, he's the front runner. A guy that's always in the conversation is Tom from Alabama. What's up, Tom? Look out, Saltunas. How are you, man? I'm great. How are you? Great. Ray, how are you, my friend? It's great to see you. I'm doing fantastic, Tom. How are you? Tom, you ready for Monday night? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, man, we we got it. Hey, man, believe me, I get it. I've been watching the Eagles since I was five years old, and I'm now 52 years. And believe me, like I'm happy, like Uncle Frank just said, to get out of bed. But, man, it's time to fight, man. We, can't, we, we don't back down, man. We don't back up. We don't backtrack. We just keep coming back, Jack. Okay. Well, I mean, I know things are bad. Okay, but things could, could be a lot worse, man. I mean, you know, the Eagles are a pretty well-oiled organization, and I don't know about changing the coach. I don't know about all that right now. All I know is that I want to win a damn football game. I want to win a playoff game. I don't care where they're seated. Okay, we are going to fight till our last breath. Okay, no matter what. I don't. Tom, care I'm just going to tell you right now. I think you got more heart than half the half the Eagles roster. If I'm being honest with you, man. You know, if they do, it's being serious. If they do decide to change coaches, I don't want any coach that's in his seventies. Okay, I want a cat that's maybe no, not over fifty, but someone needs to go in there and sell them two cats, Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie, on possibly getting someone in there that can knows what they're doing and leave them alone, and maybe possibly considering a defensive coach. But that's never going to happen. But man, hey. We, Monday night is 72 hours away, and Tampa, we owe Tampa 20 years and 20 days from Veterans Stadium. We still owe them, man. Damn right. You know what I'm saying? Baker Mayfield is a dangle. I want him blown up, man. I want him blown up. I want to take Tampa, and we're going to go down to, what's that place called? Uh, Raymond James Stadium. Yeah. 
there's a place called it's a shop or whatever. I can't think of it in Tampa. I've been to Tampa many times to see the Flyers, and their fans are nothing but crybabies. Yeah, you tell him, Tom. I don't know where he was going with the shop. Is he talking about the store? What's the store down there? It starts with a P. It's like their their um their go to shop shopping. We have Shoprite. Hold on. How do you not know this, Ray? I've been to Tampa for twenty four hours. No, but it's in Florida. Uh, uh, Publix. Oh yes, obviously. I thought that's what he was talking about, Publix, because he was talking about shop. But I don't, I don't know what he means by shop. Yeah, I, I think you were probably good in that point. To... I do think that he has more more heart than half the Eagles right now. Yeah, I'm I dead mean, serious. I, yeah, Tom from Alabama, you know, he should be in that room right now. I would give him a chance to play linebacker. I would. I'd do it. I would give him a shot to play linebacker for this team. Yeah. I a mean, couple plays. Look, I, he, might, he might need to play safety. Blankenship, though. We're talking Josh Job. Listen. We're talking about TJ McCollum or whatever the TJ, guy's name is. TJ McConnell's playing. Like, you know, man, we're, we're bare at safety all of a sudden. By the way, I'm glad. Thank you to Brian Wright. I'm not the only guy that's, you know, stole things from where he used to work. He, he uh, did the beer pilsners when he used to work at restaurants and bars. You were looking at me like I was crazy. No, I, I just didn't know where you were going with it. If you were talking food, yeah, I take food all the time, but I didn't take like... No, I'm saying it's keepsakes. You can't keepsake food. It's going to go bad. Right. I get that. I didn't know where you were going. I didn't think to take keepsakes from places that I worked at. Oh, come at. on, man. Memories. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I've got plenty of Fanatic stickers. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah. Don't you worry. If they, is- they don't seem to fly off the shelves at the events I do. Bob, when I show up, don't you worry. I take home... The T-shirts, the bucket hats. Oh, the bucket hat was tickets, a nice item. All that stuff flies off the shelves. Not many people in, in need for a, a Fanatic sticker. Are you going to have the bucket hats again tonight? Uh, it's a Corona event, I would imagine. That's all the reason to be there at the Great American at Pub. Great American Pub, Conchocket, tonight, 7-9 on Fayette Street. I, I know someone that, that walked away with a bucket hat from uh, the last event you had, and they were quite happy with uh, that bucket hat. I'm, I'm happy for that person. Let's go to Karate Mark. What's up, KM? Andrew, Ray, what's up, fellas? How you doing? No, I'm, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. You know, there's, 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 there's a lot of indifference in our here sports town. There, there's a lot of underwhelming feelings going into this playoff, and I get it. But you know what else? Nobody's going to go into the game on Monday and start booing. If the booing happens, it's going to happen when bad things happen. Well, you know what we got right now? We got the Eagles in the playoffs. We have. Jalen Hurts, who, like you said, arguably was in play or MVP contention earlier in the season. We had a team with 10 and one season. A lot of bad things happened since then. So what has been proven, it's been proven that this team could win at any time. It's been proven they can lose at any time. So you know what? The cheering starts now. Until the booing is deserved, the cheering starts now. Our squad's in the playoffs. This ain't fake. Let's ride. Let's go. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Let's go to Tampa, and let's kick their ass, and let's see what happens in the next round. Let's go, baby! I love it. I love it, Karate Mark. That's good work. That's good work. We need it. We I look. We need it. Bad. Who am I to say no to Karate Mark on that one? No, I mean, that's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I, I loved it. All right. It's one thirty, Ray. Let's give out our picks for super wild 
card weekend. A weekend that could change the direction of franchises. Could change the direction of the Philadelphia Eagles if they have an unfortunate loss. Could change the direction of the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting weekend ahead of us. We start with the Saturday slate, 4.30. Browns traveling to Houston. I am buying into the Flacco hype. I loved everything that Houston did back at draft day. I love everything that Houston has done during this season. But there's something with magic in the air with Joe Flacco. And oh, by the way, they have a really good defense. And they might be able to slow down that Houston Texans offense. I'm going to go Cleveland Browns. And they will cover the two and a half in Houston. As road favorites. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with the magic. I love CJ Stroud. I love this Houston Texans team and what they've done in their first season. But that Browns defense and whatever they have found in Joe Flacco, I'm riding the wave on this one. I'm just happy to see the Texans back in their rightful spot on wild card weekend in that 430 time slot. They belong there. It feels right. It's all right in the football world to have the Texans playing at 430 on a Saturday. Absolutely. And I'm excited for that organization to be there with the long-suffering fan base of Cleveland gets a playoff win. they, They get a playoff win, man. Uh, Saturday night, Dolphins in KC. The weather is supposed to be terrible. Negative degrees, wind chills, and Tua Tagovailoa has terrible numbers in kind of conditions like that. Even if it was a normal playing field, I think I would still lean the Chiefs. But with the situation at hand, I'm going with those Kansas City Chiefs. I believe they cover the four and a half. I would also take a look at the over under of 44. If you want to buy it up a little bit and then bet the under, go for it. That kind of cold temperatures, I don't think the Dolphins will be able to put up a lot of points. And in that kind of a game, you might want to run the football a lot. And you have a guy who doesn't seem like it, but Isaiah Pacheco is a bruiser. You've you've obviously Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I like the Chiefs continue their winning ways in the postseason i also like the chiefs in this one but i do see the game script of where this becomes a problem quickly for kansas city if dolphins are able to take control of this game early the wide receivers have brick for hands in any weather in kansas city that's true i could see a world where patrick mahomes is oh, trying maybe, to sling his way back into this maybe one they're duping the world just no, like the Eagles no they're have not duped. playing possum oh uh, no they're not playing possum no, marcus no, valdez scanling didn't drop that touchdown pass on purpose i honestly think if you took chad johnson and deshaun jackson and put them out there on the chiefs right now it's a better wide receiver court all right bills hosting the pittsburgh steelers now this one's interesting so i've been saying bills minus 10 all week now all of a sudden they're supposed to get like a foot of snow all of a sudden right keep an eye on the weather because that changes everything i mean Anything could happen in a game like that. I would still take Buffalo to win this game. But, man, I mean, literally anything can happen. Now, they're going to clean the field off. So, Josh Allen still has a great arm through weather like that. I mean, that's why he's had a good career in Buffalo. He's a guy that can run the football himself. Uh, Buffalo has really turned things around since they've utilized James Cook more in the passing game and the running game. 
I like Buffalo in the game. I don't know if I would take the 10 if it's supposed to be a freaking blizzard. Uh, But if it's not as bad as they say it's going to be, I would take the Bills to cover the 10. Even with the weather reports, it's only dropped to nine and a half. Give me the Steelers to cover this one, but the Bills okay. to win outright. All right. If the weather's fine, what's your what's your? I'll play? still take the Steelers. To cover. Really? Yeah. All right. If the weather's Closer fine, I, I don't. You, we did the prop bets. I don't know. I don't like the the wide margins in the postseason. It just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I just Pittsburgh isn't that no. good. No, no, they're not that good. Yet they're here. They are here. They are here. All right. Packers Cowboys. Obviously, we're all screaming, "Go Pack, go!" I don't know if uh, the pack will go long enough, though. I think Dallas covers the seven. I would look at their over of team total of 29 and a half. I'm not saying the moment will get too big for Jordan Love, but the defenses are much different. There is pressure coming off the edge from Dallas. Green Bay's got nothing going for them defensively. I, unfortunately, will take the Cowboys to cover the seven, but my God, would I appreciate a Jordan Love masterclass, masterpiece, and a victory for the Green Bay Packers. There is nothing I'm going to enjoy more this weekend than sitting down to watch Jordan Love and the Packers take on the Cowboys. I will enjoy every second of it until the point where it becomes that the Packers are out of this game because the Cowboys are playing at home and they are just the superior football team. I am going to enjoy rooting against the Cowboys with everything in me more than anything else this weekend. But they will cover the seven points and Jordan Love will fall in the postseason. Did you see the quote from Dak Prescott yesterday? Yes, that is the only reason why I would consider going the opposite way against the Cowboys. All right. If you guys didn't see it, Dak Prescott was, you know, he was having a press conference. And I'm sure they're talking about the journey and, you know, can, you know, get into the Super Bowl. I don't know what the question was, but here is the quote from Dak Prescott and his press conference yesterday. Quote, I've got a lot of Louis Vuitton stuff. It's because of the LV. LV is Las Vegas. If I took, if I look at my bag, it's all LV, literally. I just went and got my girl a bag the other day. I'm like, the only one I'm getting is one of these ones with the big LV logo on it. That was an easy, simple reminder. And in case if you're confused... The Super Bowl is being taken place in Las Vegas this year. And so Dak Prescott, his motivation to keep going in the playoffs is his millions of dollars in which he can afford Louis Vuitton everything, Ray. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing for you. I, it's the corniest thing going. Do you have anything BC for Balakinwood when you come in here every day? No. You don't have a Boston College hoodie? No. No. No, as I'm trying to think. You don't, you don't anything, have anything BC? No, I don't have anything BC. I don't have anything LV. It's got If it's got letters on it in nice, big, bold, it's probably too expensive for me to afford. I got a lot of things for the Temple T. Does that That's count? Good. No. Okay. Because we're in Ballakinwood. All right, Rams in Detroit. I'm so, sorry, Alfie. I'm sorry, Ant. Our local Lions fans. I have been saying it all week. I stand by it. I think the Rams go in there. The Rams clicking on all cylinders. The Rams did the right thing and sat their starters. The Detroit Lions secondary can be beat. 
Aaron Donald has not gone away, by the way, and Jared Goff has struggled with pressure this year. We did that Bill Barnwell article last week. Jared Goff against pressure has worse numbers than uh, the likes of, uh, who was it? Mac Jones, Mac Jones and, Zach and Zach Wilson. Thank you. You're a good listener. I think the Rams go into Detroit. You talk about the Cleveland fans. be a good weekend for them. It would be a great weekend for Lions fans. But I don't think it's going to happen. I'm taking the Rams outright on Sunday night. Yeah, this is the this is the trendy hot upset pick, and for good reason. Uh, the script writers, I know Black Gritty was on this this week about yes. all the different matchups you could get. Matthew Stafford is going to go spoil Detroit and spoil their return to prominence. This alliance team that's been exciting, been fun, been a, been a lot of fun. Maybe next year, maybe next year for you. This Rams team, Matthew Stafford, that coaching staff, everybody's got the experience of what it takes to do it in this moment. Detroit. Enjoy your insanely priced uh, tickets. You are, you're losing this one. All right. And last but not least, because we're going to do our playoff bracket, we have to talk about it. Eagles, Bucks, I know it's not till Monday. I'm telling you right now, the Eagles are winning this game on Monday. And I'm telling you right now, you're wrong. Really? I'm taking the Bucks. Spreader, you're going outright. Outright. Oh, my God. Can't wait for Monday's show. All right. Let it do it for our picks. Wow. Wow. Tune in Monday, 10 o'clock for two and a half hours because it's Martin Luther King Day and the Sixers play at one o'clock. And did you just put a damper on my freaking weekend? You, I, I, I said, do you want to do this right now? You said yes. I'm not saying you got to placate to anybody. I'm just I, no, I wasn't going to placate to you. I was just told you you were going to end up getting a pick that you were not going to uh, appreciate. I think less of you now. That's fine. All right. I didn't get into this industry for people to think more of me. All right, so here's what we're going to do. All right, you can, you can fade out the news. I appreciate it. All right, I'm, like, jotting down my bracket. I hope uh, you can do the same quickly. Yeah, I've been working on it. Don't worry. All right, cool. All right, so I'm going to – I think Buffalo moves on and beats Pittsburgh. I think Kansas City moves on, beats Miami. I think Cleveland moves on and beats Houston. We're not doing spreads here. We're literally just doing the game itself. Correct. I think you're you're all in the you're in the same boat here. Yep. Yeah, we both of us have Bills, Chiefs, Browns. All chalk in terms of favorites. Right. Not in terms of seedings. Uh so let me get the uh So you would get Ravens, Browns, and you get right. Bills, Chiefs. So Ravens, Browns. All right, Cleveland and Baltimore. I would love for Cleveland to win because uh, it would just be awesome for, like, that story to continue. This might be the year where Lamar shuts a lot of people up. Now, the one team that they probably would struggle most against is against a Cleveland defense like that. But I think this is the year that Lamar breaks through and they go to the AFC Championship game. So I want you to know something. All right. I started this bracket probably during the Talk Stars conversation. Just okay. to be prepared for this segment. Uh, I have yet to fill out the line here on this one. And I know that obviously with the show running out of time, I have to do it. Uh, given the fact that you think this is the year that Lamar breaks through, and given the fact that I'm kind of rolling with the whole scriptwriter thing, Joe Flacco, 
a week after Matthew Stafford goes into Detroit and ends the Lions season, Joe Flacco goes into Baltimore and ends the Ravens season. I'm I'm just going to get wild with it. What's the point of a bracket if you're not going to have fun with it? I mean, I kind of would, go, like, honestly, gut feeling says it, but, like, then I try to speak logic. And- no, that's, this is this is not about logic. There's never been, you listen to me more than anyone. Has there ever been anything about logic here? All right, so you have, you have Cleveland moving, moving on. So that's our first difference in the AFC side of the bracket. Yeah. Kansas City, Buffalo, this one's tough for me. I, I'm going Buffalo. Kansas City has had their number. I mean, that, that one playoff game was just freaking legendary. But I, don't, I, I think the Bills are on a mission right now. Yeah, I think this is the year the Bills start shutting people up. And I might have the Bills beating the Ravens. The only thing that's kind of keeping me at bay is Baltimore's defense is better than Buffalo's. And Josh Allen can play them out of a game so quickly. Yes, he can. Tried his best against the Dolphins. And they still end up controlling that game because the Dolphins couldn't get anything going. So I have Buffalo and Baltimore. Who do, do you have Bills or Chiefs? Bills. Yeah. I, I Chiefs. So you have Buffalo and Cleveland. Which yeah. what a matchup. What a like again, this is this is probably the Vibesman bracket right here coming oh, out. Oh, absolutely. Uh you know what? I, I think I'm gonna go. It'd be a great story for the Bills turnaround. I'm going to go Buffalo, or excuse me, Baltimore. You're going to go Baltimore? Well, I'm going Buffalo. I, I think the Joe Flacco miracle run ends. Well, yeah, for your bracket. Yeah, I, I'll take the Bills to go the, to, to go the Super Bowl. You could take Baltimore. I might. Oh, God. Because this, this, we got to lock this in. Yeah, Do man. I really think the Buffalo Bills are going to turn things around and go to the Super Bowl? Sounds like it. I mean, if one of us doesn't have the Ravens, that that just guarantees the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. We just, we sound like a pair of haters here. No, I'm going. I'm going Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. So look forward to the Bills in the Super Bowl. All right. So I have Baltimore coming out of the AFC. All right. Now in the NFC, are you going Pack? No. Okay. No. No. The Cowboys are beating the Pack. All right. I, I wanted to go with the Pack. Trust me. Everything in me wants to pick the Packers, but. As you see, my AFC side, part of me has to do a little bit of logic here. Correct. All right, so. Ah, Jesus Christ. See, you know, you know what? Screw you, dude. I, I see what you're doing here. Screw you. Okay. You're an ass. I, yes, I don't know what I'm doing here, but you're yes, I am. You're an ass because you, you know what? You know what? I'm going to have him lose to Tampa so that I don't have to be the guy that says they no, lose. No, no, so no. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You're an ass. You're doing do it that. on purpose. You can't do that. That's not how this works. I just threw out the bracket. And I was like, squat. You can't do that. I think they're losing the Bucks. This is not a, <laughs> I don't want to pick them you're to lose to the Cowboys. You did this to me. So I, have, I didn't do this to you. They did this to you. We both have Dallas beating the Packers. I have the Rams beating the Lions. You also have the Rams beating the Lions. Uh, yeah, I have the Rams beating the Lions. All right. So, and then I have the Eagles beating the Bucks. You don't. So then I have the Eagles traveling to Dallas because the Rams would be taking on the San Francisco That's right. 49ers. Yes. yes. Eagles, Cowboys, second round. Junis, your pick. You're really going to do this to me? Uh, sounds like you've done it to yourself. I don't. I just don't see how they stop that offense. I really just don't see how they stop that offense. I would. This is one of those. I would love to be wrong. 
But, uh, but I'm going to guess I'm going to take Dallas to beat the Eagles in the divisional round of the playoffs. And our worst fear of them beating the Eagles and going to an NFC championship. Correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're not going to beat the Eagles because the Eagles go lose the Buccaneers, but they'll beat the Bucs and then we'll end the NFC championship game. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, both have that. And the Rams story would be great because, yeah. you know, they've played the 49ers twice now, even though the, the last game both teams. Carson versus Sam Darnold. Yeah. I just don't see San Francisco losing. And I see San Francisco in the Super Bowl because I think they then slow down the Cowboys. They crush the Cowboys. The Cowboys, yes, the Cowboys reemergence story happens for a week, and it's like the Cowboys on the cusp of the Super Bowl for the first time, and then they get destroyed, crushed. So it's going to be a Niners-Ravens Super Bowl rematch of what year was that? That was the Kaepernick. That was Flacco. That was the lights lights out. I mean, I have the Bills, so no. Oh, I'm sorry for me. Yeah, I've got the Niners and Bills. So, and uh, You know what? Because I didn't give... uh, personal buys for Eagles Cowboys I'm not letting the 49ers win the Super Bowl okay Baltimore wins it all that's that's fine I'm taking the 49ers win the okay. Super Bowl like that you can all right so we'll lock, I gotta keep we gotta hold on to these yeah I'm, gonna, I'm probably just gonna take a picture of this paper and, how dare you I can't believe that's you not just, me you know what I didn't you, set you, you sandbagged me I did not I, I if I thought the Eagles would win the game I tell you the Eagles will win the game the last thing I want to do is check my mentions right now after I pick against the Eagles yeah but then and I got you know, two shows this weekend you think I want to field calls all weekend but then, about if, but then how if they I lose the, the Cowboys you go ah you know I kind of thought that would happen anyway you, you made me pick, you made me pick Dallas alright by the way real quick not, it's time to get serious it's playoff time oh yeah business AJ Brown not a practice today Jeff McClain no sign again of AJ Brown Reed Blankenship was out here running on a side field, but doesn't look like he will participate in actual practice. Uh, I just saw a video of Jalen Hurts from EJ Smith throwing a football. It looks it's first the first throw was a duck. The second throw was it was a dot. You know, it was a good second throw. He's got the glove on. But Ray, no A.J. Brown at practice today. Surely seems like they could be in trouble Monday. Now, man, it's also not supposed to be the best weather. If A.J. Brown doesn't play, at least you still have a stud in Devontae Smith. And maybe that's his, like, put him on the map game. If Hurts can throw the f- football well with a dislocated finger, and the you know the rain doesn't really ruin that, the Eagles will go into the wild card round banged up quarterback, two top receivers coming off injuries, and have to do it in the rain on the road. I love my chances. All right, that'll do it for today on this Football Friday, which was brought to us by Pumpman Philly twenty four seven emergency repair or pump replacement. Count on Pumpman Philly, the guys that know to fix your flow. Uh, check me out tonight at the Great American Pub in Conshohocken on Fade Street from 7 to 9. Ray, what do you got this weekend, air-wise? Uh, 3 o'clock on Saturday, 9 o'clock on Sunday. All right, so make sure you check out Ray, and then, of course, we'll be back at it on Monday getting you set for the wild card game. Everybody enjoy your re- weekend, and we'll talk to you Monday.